0: Welcome everyone to the It Tastes Different Gaming Podcast, the podcast with four different flavors coming from four different gamers. I'm your host, Nick Irwin, and I want to welcome my co-hosts, Shane Eisterhold, Patrick Smith, and Russell Rowe. Hey, Patrick, where can they find us?
1: Well, the first place you should check out is our website at ittastedifferent.com. This is the place where you can subscribe to all of our streams and connect to all of our social media sites. You can also find us on Facebook at Different. Uh we're also on Instagram at It Tastes Different PC. And then last but not least is Twitter where you can find us at It Tastes Diff.
2: What's for dessert today? We conjure up some manna cake and log into some MMOs. Today we're going to discuss MMOs and uh our take on them. First of all, I'd like to ask each one of you, what was your first MMO and what did you think of it? Let's start with you uh next.
0: Uh, my first MMO was Fantasy Star Online on the Dreamcast back in the day. That was my first introduction to an MMO. I loved it. I played it a ton, and was on a console, and, you know, Dreamcast was, and, I mean, PlayStation 2 did have the adapter that you could buy that you could use to hook it up to uh, to the internet, uh, and it had a few games you could play online, but Dreamcast had an integrated 56K modem inside of it, and... Uh, you know, one of the main games, they had a few games that play online, but one of the main games for the Dreamcast was Fancy Star Online, and we started playing it, and that was my first foray into playing an MMO, and I absolutely loved it. I loved it so much that I had, at the time, you know, I was a kid, so at the time I had my parents uh, ask my parents if they could buy a separate phone line, because every time the phone would call, you know, the fix just came on with disconnect <laughs> on the internet, so I asked them if they would, and they did. So I had a separate phone line just so I could play Fantasy Star Online without getting disconnected. But uh, I love MMOs. Uh, MMOs are one of my favorite games to play, uh, genres to play. The only problem with nowadays is there's a big MMO drought. There's not a lot out nowadays that's worth your time. There are a few tiles that are good, you know, and, 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 you know, sometimes I do go back to those titles if they bring out new content. But it, you know, if I play through that content, I usually stop for a while, and then I'll kind of come back in. But I'm definitely waiting for something new to come out that entices my MMO uh, itch. Well, I'm sure we'll get into more specifics about other MMOs. But yeah, Fantasy Star Online was my first foray into MMOs, and the first one that got me started in that MMO gaming genre. So, what about you, Patrick? What was your first one?
1: Uh, well, the first one that I actually tried and played a little bit of was M59, uh, Meridian 59. I I didn't much care for that one when I first got into it. Um, you know, it was I don't know, it wasn't for me at it, it, at the time, but you know, a couple years later, I would say that my real first introduction was Ultima. I play Ultima online a lot because my cousin had it and he had a computer and got me into it uh we played a lot of ultima when i was younger um like i said meridian 59 i got to play it but it just didn't click with me for some reason and i didn't stick with it you know meridian 59 was uh, that one was probably 2 years i think before ultima online came out that i played that one you know ultima online was like medieval fantasy style but it was kind of cool cuz you could own a house and you could put furniture in and you could put stuff in and it was just it was like a an all around what I would consider an MMO should be still to this day, cause I, I think it's still running too, as, as I, but I just can't, I haven't looked into it recently, but I think that one is actually still running to this day, Ultima is. Uh, and I think they actually coined the term MMORPG long before any of the other ones who came before them. So that was probably my, my, my foray into them. So old 2D style MMO and, and like I said, it's, I believe it's still running to this day. So played a lot. I played a lot of MMOs over the, over the years and I probably wasted way more money than I want to even admit in MMOs.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> you know, so, uh, Russ, what about you? What do you remember as your first MMO
3: that you played and got into? Well, the first one that I ever tried was, uh, good old Evercrack. Everquest was my very first attempt at an MMO, uh, at that time in my gaming as, as we have, Said we have four different flavors here and, and, and my flavor is, is that during a period of time there in my life, I didn't play many games. Uh, y'all knew I was in the Air Force and, and it was kind of right around the time that MMOs started to blossom. And so I was a little late. I, I tried EverQuest around 2000. Uh, it was okay. Um, it, it didn't really, you know, it, it was alright. I wasn't quite into MMOs, uh, like we had, like, like I am now, but before, um, I tried that and I was like, Oh, this is okay. You know, it's not bad. There was a lot of good functionality to it. It was really cool to, to see people, uh, around and play. I mean, that's kind of what kind of got me going on it, but everybody knows really what my true, my true in-depth MMO was. And that was Star Wars Galaxies. That was my first real, real game. And, and we'll talk about a lot of that more later, later, I'm sure, because, uh, you guys know, I, I can't shut up about the things. So, <laughs> but you know, in, in this case, EverQuest was, uh, my first, um, uh, attempt at an MMO.
2: Well, awesome. (laughs) I, I, on the other hand, have never been deep into MMOs. The first one I tried, uh, was Fantasy Star for the Dreamcast. That was, uh, my first online game as well. Um, I, I had my own little place at the time and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get me some internet and try this whole thing out. So I did that one and, uh, Madden. Uh, but far as, uh, Fantasy Star goes, apparently I was getting robbed because my internet was terrible and I hated it. So it only lasts for like a month. But the next time I tried, I, I want to say it was the first Final Fantasy that went online for PS2, PS3. No, it was PS2. Um, but I, I just couldn't get into it. Uh, I didn't know nobody and I didn't really have a, anybody teaching me how to play these dang things, because apparently everybody has been playing it for a decade. Uh, so I was never big into it. Plus, they take up so much time. It's really hard for me uh, to devote that much time into into one game, especially when you have to pay a monthly fee. So on this, I'd like to just pick your brains more than anything, because, you know, I'd like to know, like, Patrick, what what made you – Enjoy the MMO. What was it about the MMOs that drawed you in so hard?
1: I think we discovered Shane's problem already. Shane has no
2: friends. <laughs> that's not true. They're just quiet.
1: <laughs> no, I think Shane has just nailed it on the head. Anyway, and and most people are going to tell you, and I would I would think that's what most people are going to tell you. The reason I played a lot of MMOs is because friends. I mean, there was nothing like hopping onto some MMOs with your friends. I mean, I played. I played a lot of MMOs because of friends. Ultima Online was because my, my cousin was like, yeah, try this game out. You know, we can play together and stuff like that. So that's why I played a lot of that was because friends or family played. You know, I got, I got to hang out with a big group of friends who were playing, uh, Dark Age, you know, Dark Age Camelot. And so, you know, I got, I got to play with a bunch of those guys and we were playing Dark Ages and then, you know, and then Dark Ages of Camelot and all that kind of stuff is, you know, together as friends, we'd move from one MMO to the other. So, I think friends is what did, what drove me to more than anything because when I tend to play MMOs by myself, they tend to die very quick just because you get bored. It's, there, there's not a whole lot of differences in MMOs. Most MMOs fall into just a, a few different standards. You know, you got your Western style MMO, you've got your, your, your Korean style MMO, you know, you just got these different styles and they all have the same thing. You know, Korean style MMOs are known for grindfests, uh, and just flashy, moves and all that kind of stuff and western mmos are really like rpg heavy with you know it's just with like the holy trinity of classes you know you got your tank your healer and your your damage dealers type stuff so friends i would say friends is the reason why i got an mmos and the, the reason i played the most of my mmos and i will tell you they're the reason i spent the most on mmos because my friends are all jerks and they can't stay on the same server in a game, so you need to transfer around or, <laughs> or something like that, you know. Or we have to pay $60 for a new game and then pay $15 a month to play it. You know, um, you know, Russ, what about you? What, what was your reasoning for getting into them and sticking with them type thing?
3: I mean, friends is the, is the obvious one. I mean, that, that, that goes without saying. Uh, but to kind of go in more depth with it is, is that, is that it gives you a sense of like accomplishment when you do play an MMO. You normally start, and like, like you're saying, it's, it's a basic concept. You start off inept. You start off as a peon out in the woods. You're, you know, half naked. You don't know what to do. You grab a twig and you go beat up some pigs. I mean, that's pretty much what you do. And, and as you, you progress, you become stronger and you become more powerful. And, 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 you know, it's just that, that, that sense of accomplishment through gaining skills and traits and stuff like that that really were, Fantastic. You know, a couple of them we played, they had good stories. They had, they had stories that felt almost like you were in, in your own movie. You know, if you got really into it, that you you could really lose yourself. I mean, luckily we all had day jobs, uh, but definitely, uh, we did definitely put a lot of hours into those things, but (laughs) along with friends for sure, um, I would say the skill base, the, the, the building yourself up from, from nothing, uh, type of, a feeling that you get while you play the game is what drew me to those games. Uh, and Nick, what about you?
0: The leveling up and building your character part is really what did it for me. I didn't have a lot of friends that played MMOs. So a lot of my friends really didn't dabble into MMOs. So I really played a lot of them by myself. I did have a couple or mainly one friend that did play MMOs and, but he was kind of picky about what MMOs he would play. And I would play just about any MMO out there. Uh, Because I just wanted to try the different ones and see how they were different from each other. So, for me, it was really just, yeah, it's just leveling up and going from, you know, a novice to a professional, you know. And then you can join different clans and stuff, but, you know, it's really about having friends in the game. And, you know, when you're playing by yourself or playing with a bunch of randoms, that's not something that I typically enjoy. So, I usually stay by myself in most of those games. Uh, just kind of grinding by myself and doing dungeons, you know, by myself, not necessarily by myself, but you know, with, uh, oh, what matchmaking. Some, some know. pugs,
1: some pickup groups.
0: Yeah, pickup groups and just doing it by myself. I, I do enjoy playing with, uh, with friends though. That's, that's the best part of MMOs. And like I said, I do have one friend that does play MMOs and we played, uh, you know, we've gone through a lot of different MMOs together and just, and it's really just usually me and him, but, you know, he usually, I usually play tank and he usually plays healer. So it's perfect, right? And, you know, getting a group is like instant <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because that's what most groups are looking for. Yeah. So that's, that's a ton of fun. Yeah, and that's, that's, funny what cause,
1: I love. that's funny. Cause that's how Russ and I always played. You know, Russ would most often tank and I would most often heal. So Russ would tank. I would heal. So we would oh. just pick up groups pretty easy. That's how the two of us used to run around all the time.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the easiest way to do it. You know, and he loved playing the healer and I loved playing the tank. So it was perfect. I was like, all right, great. Now we just got to get some DPS and there's like a million of those. So right. Oh yeah.
1: I, I can understand that. Cause I, I, you know, one of the games that you like a lot is the Final Fantasy 14 and, and that game, that game is for people who are masochists, I will say, because <laughs> to get from the original Final Fantasy 14, the Realm Reborn content to even the next expansion, you have to go throughout the umbral quests. And me and Nick have been trying to play together since I picked that game back up, but I just can't get through all the Umbral error quests. And Nick has played it and he's like multiple characters in or multiple classes in. And I'm just like, I can't get past all those Umbral quests. And he's like, you just got to keep <laughs> oh, doing yeah. it so we can play together. And I don't think we've ever gotten to play together because of the stupid Umbral quests in Final Fantasy, uh, 14.
0: Yeah, Online. there's a ton of them. And yeah, I'm already, I'm, I'm already got played through all the expansions and everything. So. I'm all the way out there. Like you know, once he gets through the main quest and gets into uh, Haven's Ward, which is a really great expansion, you know, we can start doing stuff together. Right now, he's just going through story quests, which a lot of the story quests in Final Fantasy XIV are by yourself or uh some of there are some matchmaking yeah. kind of quests in there. But right. which you can do with friends, but they're just you know, for me, they're just so low level and they're not that hard to get through. But, yeah, there's just a ton of quests between Realm Reborn and Heavensward it's it's insane. But they're supposed to, and I don't know if they have already or if that's still coming up, they're supposed to be reducing the amount of quests that are going on.
1: Yeah, I thought they were going to make it to where you could skip, like, the Umbral Error quest from, like, 14 into Heavensward.
0: Right, they were supposed to reduce it down, so it's going to be, like, a lot less. Because I think there's, like, 100 quests between... That and... It's more mind. than a 100 just, quests. It's more oh, than 100. Oh, I'm sure it is. But I they're supposed to, to reduce teach. it down quite a <laughs> bit to where... you Because know, cause a lot of those quests between... Because I played them all. And a lot of those quests are a lot of just fetch quests. It's kind of going back and forth between areas. So it's like, you know, you could definitely throw these out because they're not really worth it.
1: Right, yeah. Go, you know, run your way out in BFE and it says, hey, go to Lins Limnosa or whatever and go grab this and go grab that. So... Right. Uh,
0: but I think personally... You know, out of all the MMOs out right now, besides, you know, possibly the king of MMOs, Wow, uh, which for me, I, I tried to get back into with the last expansion and you know, it's just, it's very repetitive and I don't like, I played Wow. I baited Wow when it came out. You know, I was in the beta and then I played it when it released and I loved it. You know, I think we talked about this before and I think Russ had mentioned it up to Burning Crusade. Loved it till then. And then after that, it just kind of started going downhill, and it's gotten to the point now where it's just way too easy. And I don't like that a lot of the things they've changed about it. Um, I liked how it was originally. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, I think personally, in my personal opinion, is probably one of, if not the best MMO out on the market today, as far as getting your money's worth out of that monthly subscription. They update, and they bring out new content all the time. Like every month is a new patch full of content. And there's just so much to do in it. And they really haven't changed how the game plays since it came out. You know I mean? Not the original, you know, not before, not Final Fantasy 14, but when Realm Reborn came out till now, they haven't really changed the, the core mechanics of the game. Uh Right. So, you know, what you're used to and how it played when you first started the Realm Reborn is pretty much the same as it was. Um, you know, they've done tweaks and things like that, but the core mechanics are pretty much the same. So, I think, me personally, it's the MMO to play right now, if you're going to pick one.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. That's one thing that I do kind of miss with Final Fantasy XIV that I did enjoy. Uh The mechanics were a little bit more um uh complex, in a sense. It wasn't that they were overly di- difficult. They were just perfectly complex, whereas we talked about WoW. I think WoW, their process, as they've gone through the years... They've noticed that their money is with the casual player. And so they've, they've kind of made that game more for the casual player. I mean, it, it, you only, they went from 40 man raids down to 20 man raids. They did those things because they saw that their die hard base that was, you know, the, 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 the hard hitters, the people that spent, you know, six to eight hours on there a day, those there are usually the ones that, um, that, that would, would stay with and play with the game. But, but with WoW, it seemed those players left to other games that were a little bit more, uh, difficult. And so when they started to see that, then they started to just up that casual play with WoW. So, so now you can just log on to WoW. You click one button and you're in a group or, you know, you go out and you, you, you find yourself lost in an island real quick and you kill a bunch of stuff. And, and, and there's definitely not, there's really not much of a sense of progression through WoW anymore, uh, because now you can even buy like a, a leveled up character from WoW. Of course, some of that was to combat, uh, selling of characters and stuff like that. But you know, World of Warcraft, I think oh. Blizzard has done the best they can and, and, and they've got, they're the king. They, they've been able to, to survive since 2004, not just survive, but thrive with it. That That's just my opinion with that.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, wow, wow is, wow is the king because just because of subscription numbers and stuff. But yeah, and I, I agree with you. They, they're, they um, their numbers come from casual players you know that that's how they make their money and they've noticed it and so they've dumbed down the game to that extent the free character thing and the level up character thing in wow was to combat you're getting close to level 100 and the grind from 1 to 100 was ridiculously boring and stupid especially if you've done it so they were offering free like i think it was like level 80 was 80 or 60 characters or whatever for that so well, it wasn't even like they were giving you max expansions. characters Yeah, they weren't max characters. They were like 10 levels below max level. So you can right, get right into the newest content. You know, is what they did with that. Uh, but I will disagree with you guys on the best, like, in my opinion, the, the better current MMO is Eve Online. (laughs) I would prefer to play Eve over Final Fantasy, but I'm more of a sci-fi fan than a, than a fantasy fan.
2: All right. So let me ask you guys this. What is, all right. So Pat, you just said you're, you're more of a, Sci-fi fan over a fantasy fan. Is there something besides the uh, the layout of the game of the sci-fi compared to the fantasy? Is there something that they do in a sci-fi MMO that that you feel is better than the uh, fantasy MMO? Is there a certain aspect, or is it just the sci-fi aspect itself?
1: I think it's more the sci-fi space aspect. I'll I'll, I'll put caveat sci-fi space. I mean. The MMOs that always that I remember and go back to are a lot of the sci-fi space-based ones. You know, Um, you know, obviously, you know, the Star Wars MMO, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, was good, not the best, but good. Um, But you know, one of the one of the games that I remember playing back in the day that was sci- was sci-fi space-based that is no longer in existence is Earth and Beyond. I don't know if you guys played that one, where your character was actually the ship. That was kind of an interesting and fun MMO for me. I played quite a bit of that with a group of friends and, you know, that one's a, a defunct MMO. It's closed down, uh, it's closed down for quite a while now, but I, I find myself gravitating more towards if I'm going to pick over, you know, if I'm going to pick what I want to play or where my friends go, I pick sci-fi. And and I like, I like Eve. Eve is hard. Uh, Eve is massive and it's unforgiving once you get past the newbie, you know, once you get into like null and stuff like that. Um, you know, so I like that type of stuff, but Eve just takes too much time. So I don't get into MMOs as much as very often anymore. Cause I just don't have the time to, to sink into those. Cause they are, they're like, they're basically life killers. What MMOs are for me. If I get in there, I get sucked in. And next thing you know, it's six o'clock in the morning and I'm supposed to be getting ready for work. <laughs> I didn't sleep the night before. So, you know, <laughs> I don't play a lot of them anymore, but Eve is one that's still active. That's sci-fi that I occasionally go back to they'll send me uh hey come back for free for 14 days or or here's a month off here's a month uh, sign back up for a month for half price or something and I'll, I'll load it back in pull in my character play a little bit and i'll be like oh yeah this was great and then i'll get into the point to where i'm starting to struggle again and i'll and you know i don't have enough time to get pa- i don't have enough time to put into the game to get past the struggle so for me i sci-fi over fantasy all the way you know as far as like mmos go so, yeah you know, yeah that's, that's where i stick
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I like sci-fi as well over fantasy. So don't get me wrong about that. You know, there's not a lot of sci-fi MMOs that are good. And there's not a lot of sci-fi MMOs that are out there, right? EVE Online is definitely one of them. And I think EVE Online is a great game. But like you said, it is hard to get into. You know, it's not for the casual player. It really isn't. It's for, you know, because you can't play that game casually. I've gotten into EVE and I've played EVE quite a bit. And I love Eve. I think it's a great MMO. It's just unless you have the time to dedicate to Eve online, it's you know it's not going to be worth your monthly cost for it. You know I think Final Fantasy is more. I guess, I guess in in Final Fantasy, what I'm saying, like you know it's the it's the best MMO to get into, is because regardless if you're casual or hardcore, you can play Final Fantasy 14, right? Even if you play casually, you can still progress and get somewhere and if you play hardcore of course you're going to get there whereas eve online i feel like it's more for the hardcore the uh, uh aspect of it and where you have to be more hardcore and really into that society i've tried to play eve online i love it and i really do but yeah it, i mean it gets difficult you know it gets difficult and it gets hard especially when you get past the newbie areas and you start getting out there and it's you know everyone for themselves and it's just like it's a really complex MMO, but it's a great MMO, you know? And I feel like, for me, when playing EVE now, I feel like I'm too noob for that community, right? Um I'm sure they have a lot of people that welcome in newbies, but it, I just feel that way when I play I'm Like, I'm just, you know, this is too much for, for me. Like, uh, I'm I'm not going to get it, you know, in time. Everyone's going to hate me out in the galaxy, right? Right. <laughs> but yeah, I do love... Space and, and sci-fi MMOs, I, and I wish there were more of them. I really do.
3: Oh, don't get me wrong with Eve, but I mean, I don't know how many times. I mean, like the concept of Eve watching Patrick play Eve on occasion. I'll sit down. I'll be like, I'm. This is the day. This is the day that I rule Eve. And I sit down and I start to go. And about one hour turns into two. Two turns into four. Four turns into six. I start bleeding. I feel like I need to cry a little bit because I have no earthly idea what is going on in the game and there's so much to it and so massive. Admittingly, yes, the first little bit of the tutorial, it's not too hard. You just follow it. But then you get out in the space and you're like, oh my gosh, this thing is huge. I, I don't, I don't know <laughs> what to do next. And then you're like, you know, you get off for that day, you get up the next morning, you're trying to research for some, some guides and stuff like that. And then you read how this corporation is running a whole server and you're like, Don't even try. Once you get to a certain point, you're going to die anyway because pirates are going to kill you. I'm like, why am I going to try? So I, I definitely, you know, maybe it's like kind of like because it rubs off on me a little bit because how much Patrick likes it. Uh, it is obviously the best uh, space simulator space game out there. Um, but gosh, it would sure, it would sure be nice if we could find some type of balance within that. And, and find a game that, that we could play that, that's, you know, kind of like jump to light speed was for Star Wars, kind of like that a little bit maybe, but a little bit more entailed than that was. But in any case, I uh, love Eve, but uh, that's, it's a game that I, I definitely won't pick up again, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where earth and beyond was. I don't know if you guys played that one, but it was kind of a mix between that. It was, it was, it, it felt like to me, if they took, Across between Eve and Star War or Star Trek Online without the ground combat, just the space stuff. And, um, and then maybe throw in some of the jump to light speed stuff. That's how, uh, that game felt to me. Uh, Earth and Beyond felt like that to me. I don't, did you guys play Earth and Beyond?
0: I was this close to playing Earth Beyond. I was just about to buy it to play it. And then I read online like a month later, the servers were going to go offline for good. And I was like, Oh, cause I had researched it and looked into it and I was like, this game looks awesome. Like I like everything that's going on in this. And I'm like, I want to get it. And then, yeah, I read like, you know, on an MMORPG or some site at the time that earth and beyond was going to be shut down. And it was like a month after I was deciding that I was going to get into it. And I was like, Oh, come on, seriously. And the same thing happened with, uh, Oh, what was that one? Uh, uh, Rosa, Rosa, La Rosa. Ah oh, man, I'll have to look it up here. Tabula Rosa. Tabula, Tabula Rosa. Rosa. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to get into that one because that Rosa, one looked cool. Yeah. And I was that. like, oh, yeah. And I was like, and as soon as I got there, you know, almost got there to purchase it and start getting into it, I read that it was going yeah. offline. Yeah, Earth and
1: Beyond lasted just a hair over two years. And when I mean just a hair, like I mean days over two years. I think it started in like September – and then died 2 years later in September. Uh, but I liked it. I played quite a bit with my friends back then and Tabula Tabula Rossa was the same way. And that game lasted like uh, around 3 years or something. So that game, you know, a, a lot of those those don't last and I just maybe it's just because people don't have the same taste that I do. But you know, those were also pay-to-play games and a lot of my MMO friends were big fans of the the free-to-play model uh that just a lot of in my opinion they played them because that's all they can afford you know
3: free to play games let's not get on that um <laughs> but yeah that uh well you know earth and beyond's fault was because ea i mean you know it was just part of ea so it was bound to fail right no, like I, said, no, no, I, I
1: enjoyed it I enjoyed the EA crap that. yeah i mean it was it was supposed to, it was billed as a uh a massive game like I kinda of remember. I think it was like level cap was like hundred and fifty. And if you were a casual player, it would take you longer than a year to get to the end of that content to reach that level. Yeah. Um, and and non non hard non hardcore uh, hardcore players, it would still take months.
0: Yeah, I remember just reading about Earth and Beyond and I was like, Oh man, this is this is my game right here. This is this sounds cool. And it was also made by Westwood Studios, which I love, which makes Queen Conquer. So it's like this is right up my alley i love the studio they're making an mmo you know but yeah it just as soon as i you know got around to finally getting into it it shut down so
1: yeah it didn't last a couple years i think is all it was up up for uh but like i said it was like it was you know um, i think it made it to two years it was either just over two years or just under i can't remember i remember when i heard that it was going down i'm like did it make it two years (laughs) it it did make it two
3: years yeah Uh, okay
1: So but yeah, it was it was one of those interesting ones that just didn't last, which you know, there's a lot of MMOs out there that just that aren't around anymore. They either officially or unofficially shut down.
3: So
2: what's the go ahead Russ.
3: Well, I was gonna say like so just kinda like we're we're kinda going popping back and forth from generations and we think about like the way that these games kind of rolled out like you know, we, we had one or two, then we had five or six, and then we had fifteen to twenty, and then like around 2003, 2004, uh, you know, we had, to, we just had all these things that just these MMOs just coming out, which seemed to be like monthly. You know, of course World of Warcraft came out in 2004, but then we had like City of Heroes that followed shortly after that. Uh, then, uh, maybe a year or so after that, there was City of Villains. Uh, in between all that, I mean, let's see, me and Patrick played Guild Wars, we played perfect world we tried that one for a while we tried city of villains there was like a there was probably a bunch of them like i might what i'm following up with a question is is that during that period of time between say you know when wow came out because you know we all kind of had that wow anger every now and again like a patch would come out or a someone come out like i'm done with wow or or we would have trouble finding a 40-man group or something oh we're done well let's go try this one like uh, even like, I don't even know if y'all remember RF Online, uh, and, and stuff like that, uh, Mist, and, uh, I'm trying to think of another one. Of course, Tabarosa came out, uh, around 2007 or so as well. And so, I was just wondering, like, is there some game that particularly sticks out to you guys in that period of time, uh, between the time that, you know, WoW completely dominated everything, and then that, those favorite first MMOs we played went down? I mean,
1: for me, it was, if, if anything that we played outside of M- uh, wow, a lot of times was, was Star Wars Galaxies. Uh, we did a little Matrix online. Uh, but the City of Heroes and City of Villains, we played a lot of that game. I mean, I could still remember my little, my little blaster, the Flame, we would play in there and we would all run in groups and, and pretty much every time we would run into a building, you know, <laughs> we, we just played MMOs for fun. I would run in there and just AOE everything and then I would die so we always made the joke that my job was just to go in and AOE everything and knock off 90% of their health and then just die so you guys could mop them up, you know, but we played a lot of, we played a lot of City of Heroes, City of Villains when WoW would would make us angry or we got bored with WoW because, I mean, we we were in a 40-man progressive raiding guild for a long time uh, with Clyte and, and Celestial Navigators and all those back in the day when 40-mans were the popular thing, so we didn't play a whole lot, but I think what killed it for us was when they when when the expansion came out and wow, and they went from 40 man to 20 man's, they that single handedly killed our guild. Uh, we went from having this massive, easy to fill 40 man raid team with people vying for spots to two 20 man teams that were broken into the A team and the B team. And can you guess who was pissed off all the time? The B team because all the best players were always in <laughs> an A team, and so B team couldn't progress. And so we'd have to take volunteer, they'd take volunteers from the A team to go over to the B team to help them push the progression a little bit further, which means that two to three of their players had to sit out so that they can have these other players kind of drag them through the content and help them, help them progress through the raids. Cause we were in progressive raiding guilds in the beginning. So for me, the games that stick out to me are the city of heroes, the city of villains, and then, uh, you know, and stuff like that. Cause we played a lot, a lot of those, um, When wow, after wow came out, and Star Wars Galaxies, obviously, because we played, man, I can't, I cannot even imagine the amount of time I put into Star Wars
3: Galaxies, but we played that at the same time wow was going on. It's time for Russ to interrupt with a story. So to Uh give you guys, and and we may have talked about this once or twice, but maybe our listeners don't know. To put it, to put it lightly, so I was stationed in Germany at the time that, uh, Star Wars Galaxies came out. And we had we finally gotten a uh, ADSL, so it was like, oh yes, we we are we, we are cooking with grease. We've got this going. So what we would do is I worked swing shifts at the time, and on Friday nights we would go in swing shift. We would go in about four o'clock in the afternoon. All the jets were already down, so we'd have to put the jets to bed, and we would try to get out of there. And we would we would literally be at work some nights five hours. We would be out by nine o'clock at night. And I would pack up. I would have my computer already packed in my car. I would leave work, go over to my buddy's house. Mind you, I was married at the time. And I would play Star Wars Galaxies with three separate accounts. I would play from Friday night at 9 a.m. in the morning. And I would not stop playing until Monday morning around 6 or 7 in the morning. Uh We had to be at work probably 6 o'clock that night on Monday night. And I would go home and, and sleep. Finally, after like basically uh, fifty some odd, sixty some odd hours straight of playing, with maybe a nap here and there, but that's about it. That's how much I put into that game for uh, what at least at least eight months strong. uh That was like that straight.
1: Yeah, that's when we were helping a, a buddy's guild get off the ground, and then we end up merging with with Ty. Well, I think that. Towards the end, of it we merged with Tide and all those guys, and
3: yeah, it was just a crazy story on how we we talk about how MMOs take over our lives and and take over everything, uh, and and that was the one game that really took over everything for me. I, I did want to add to like one game that I really remember and think about a little bit during that time, uh, was uh, Aeon and Rift. Actually, there's two of them, Aeon and Rift. Uh, Aeon, we were so pumped. It was a beautiful game uh the mechanics were wonderful. Here we are, we're we're sitting about level twenty-four or something and we're getting out of the PvE zones into PvP zones. It was one thing that kind of worried us about the game because we don't like forced PvP. Patrick and I just don't like forced PvP. We don't mind the PvP sometimes, but being forced into it is frustrating. And so here we are where I I had, had a slightly older computer to say the least, but it was it was able to hold up until we went into the PvP zones. <laughs> and there was one night we we're sitting there and and this guy comes out of nowhere and we actually had the opportunity to own this guy, just rip him apart. And Patrick's like, "Are we going to get him? Are we going to get him?" And I'm like, "Yes, get him." And then then Patrick all you can hear is ah, sir, ah, "Damn it, Ross." And uh it was probably one of the most hilarious moments in our gaming uh, career, but at the same time, it, it effectively ended Aeon for us, um, to say the least. Um, but anyway, and then Rift, Rift was very wild-like, but it, it did kind of have some mixtures initially of about some rifts just kind of popping out of nowhere and this whole group and band of people trying to close this rift. It, it was a lot of fun, uh, definitely early on. So that's what yeah. I think about during that time.
1: Aeon was, yeah, your computer killed Aeon for us, because that would really piss me off. We were two on one, and I'm like, we got this guy, easy. And there I am running around in circles because I'm more of a healer. And I'm like, get him, Russ, get him. And I'm just running around in circles, healing Russ, and he's attacking me because Russ is just standing there because his computer took a dump. Yeah, it was that was a pretty bad time. Oh,
3: man, that was good times. And that and they, they, I think I was running like a, a dual-wielding uh I can't remember what the class was, but it was an awesome class. I loved it to death and, and it could tear up some people pretty well. I mean, basically stun locked the heck out of them, but I I didn't have a chance. That computer said, nope, this ain't happening. But anyway, so, so Nick, what about you? Anything, you know, maybe what was the, what was the game you went back to during lull times?
0: Uh, Final Fantasy XI. I played a ton of Final Fantasy XI. Uh, PlayStation? No, on computer. On computer. Good story, Nick. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, no. I play I played a lot of Final Fantasy XI on on computer.
1: That was interesting. Yeah, because yeah, I I didn't know if you played it on the computer because that that's the one that came out on like everything, right? It was on like PlayStation and Xbox and PC. Yep. I mean, that was the one that came out on everything.
2: Yeah, it yeah, it had no favorite home. Uh, PC ran best though because I tried it. I tried it on the PlayStation, loved it, but. That was just because I had really crap internet at the time. But, you know, I, I, my problem with the MMOs is the, is the addiction of them. I hear a lot of people, oh man, I put, you know, 80 hours a week into this thing. I met my wife there. I met, you know, my, my best friend there. I built uh, five houses and had 17 kids, put them through college all in um, wow. I don't, I don't <laughs> need that kind of addiction in my life.
1: I will tell you. <laughs> I don't know, Nick and Shane, you guys might know, but Russ and I met as friends in Star Wars Galaxy. That's how we know each other. (laughs) Uh, We played, we played WoW together, but that was with, that was just very little when when WoW came out. I think we played just a little bit together, but we mostly played together a lot in Star Wars.
3: Yeah, initially within that kind of transition period, like, like I didn't want to give up on Star Wars Galaxies and, 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 um, and, and then WoW came out, and everybody's like, "Oh, WoW is going to be the next big thing." And me and my buddy, is, his gamer tag is Velnius. Uh, his, his his real those real names Chris. We were like, "We're going to make Star Wars work. We're going to do this, and we're not listening about WoW." And then and then finally, kind of things started happening. In wow, and or in uh, in Star Wars Galaxies, we're like, "Well, let's give WoW a try." But we were kind of late to the party on WoW. But um, yeah, it was it wasn't until probably. It probably wasn't until we really started, um, I got back into wow. That's once I got back into what back into wow and we started getting going and then we started seeing the raids. That's when I was reaching out to you and saying, Hey man, we're about to join this guild. You want to try to give this a run? And you were like, Yeah, yeah, man. Star Wars galaxies is where we had a great time at. Wow is where we just became closer and friends. And, and that game definitely did, um, did expand our friendship. I mean, it's obviously or it's hilarious to think about it because. So guys, in a 40-man raid, uh, we used Ventrilo, and we would be sitting there. And and this is no slight on on people raising children, because I raised children while I was gaming, but I never kept my mic unmuted if I needed to do something with my child. And we can remember, I remember this raid, this is just a funny story, this raid where this lady's like, she screams, she's like, I have to go AFK, and we're like, what is going on? It, and of course it was another hunter. And so we really didn't really care anyway. I mean, we could have done it with like 36 of us because that's how good most of us were within that. And she's like, my kid wiped poop all over the TV. Of course, that's not the word she used. <laughs> and we're just like, and, and you would never think of it, but 40 people got so quiet. I think everybody was muting their mics so they could die laughing.
1: Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like I said, we played a lot of Star Wars galaxies together. And then I left Star Wars Galaxies because I got kind of bored with it and moved on to WoW. Because the group of friends that we were playing a lot of Star Wars Galaxies with, Manga and, you know, uh, and Jim and, and his kids and, and stuff like that, they all went to WoW. We kind of went with them when the, when the Star Wars Galaxies guild was kind of collapsing. You know, we all built up and had four, uh, four rebel bases in our, in our town and, you know, we kept getting raided by the Imperials, and it just got to the point to where somebody had to be on twenty four seven. It was just too much. We were getting raided too often, and you know, so the group, the basically the town, pretty much kind of started dissolving. And we went to we went to play um me, Jim, and Morgan, and all them went to go play uh, a WoW together. And then uh, by the time I was about ready to quit WoW, Russ was getting into it. He's like, "Are you playing WoW?" And I'm like, oh, "I kind of quit." And he's like, "We well, should come check out this guild." And it was the Celestial Navigators Guild that we were in, CN which had the – they were mostly Canadians, weren't they? would not like Clyte and, and all those guys were all Canadian, I think, weren't they?
3: No, no. The Canadian portion of it was actually once we got into Wrath, when we were hanging out with uh Johnny and how um oh, the priest. I can't remember his name. Uh, Clyte was actually ex-military. Uh These guys were – most of these guys were military guys that we ran into there. Nick, did you play a lot of a WoW? A ton.
0: A ton? A ton of WoW, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said I baited WoW.
1: Yep, I got the baited disc for that.
0: Mm -hmm. I baited WoW, and then I played up to... I think I played up to... uh, uh, Was it Frozen Throne? The Wrath of Lich King? The Wrath of Lich King. Sorry, Frozen Throne was Warcraft 3. But uh, yeah, I played all the way up to Wrath of Lich King, and then after that I, I kind of stopped for a while. I got back into it playing the last expansion which was, what was the last expansion that came out?
1: The current one is Battle of Azeroth, and then Legion was
0: before that. Battle of Azeroth, I think, is the last one that I got I got back into about all the expansions up to that point. And Battle of Azeroth was, it was okay. You know, <laughs> again, it was just not, it wasn't the WoW I remember. And, it, yeah, I mean, WoW for me is pretty much dead at this point. I, just, I don't care to go back to it.
1: I would agree there. You know, for me, wow was great when it was, when it was difficult. Um, you know, I, I make the joke when we, when, when, when Burning Crusades first came out and they started going down to like 20 man raids, I made the joke when we had 40 man raids, we were in guilds that were raiding all the time. I mean, you know, and maybe it's just a, the group we hung out with or maybe it was just a, you know, the age or something, but we could fill 40 man raids easily. And then when, when Burning Crusades and Wrath came out and they were really heavily focused on the 20 man raids, it seemed like all we could ever come up with is ten people that wanted to play this game together that were friends that we could tolerate. So we had trouble fielding twenty man raids. And then when they dropped it down, I believe it was either cataclysms or missed, they started doing ten man raids. And I'm like, we can't even field a ten man raid anymore. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? The pool of friends that we ran with just got smaller and smaller and smaller to the point to where then they came out with Raid Finder, and I'm like, I don't need friends anymore. But then it got boring. It's like, I can run this raid because they dumbed down the raid so much and the rotation so much that I can run it with a bunch of noobs that just reached the level cap and we can down the bosses and I can get raid level, uh, you know, uh, raid finder level gear, which is better than, uh, you know, hard mode dungeons and stuff like that. So then, so nothing's really changed in that game for me.
2: Yeah. See, that was one thing I was wondering. Is it, it seems to me that MMOs are a lot of rinse and repeat. You get, you know, you get story adaptations, story changes, but it's still run, find, kill, loot, run, find, kill, in, you know, and from what I see of it.
3: There is a lot of that. I think that's some of the reason why I do discuss and talk about Star Wars galaxy so much is. They put little to no content out there, but they changed other things. They changed drop rates at certain places. They changed d- drop rates of resources. I mean, things of that nature. It was and it was a self-sufficient server. Like everything you needed on a server, especially a healthy server. I'm not going to say every server was like that, but a healthy server, you had a great player economy. You're, it was like it was like I hate to uh, equate it to this, but it's like Sims for True adults who want to play the game, who want to play and enjoy company with everybody. I mean, one night you get on there and, uh, and Patrick said it before, like I- I'm running, I'm running him around so he can check all of his vendors on his crafter so he doesn't get killed by, uh, you know, a bunch of, uh, of, uh, uh, you know, womp rats or something like that because Lord knows you can't kill anything as a, as a crafter. Um, <laughs> you know, those things there, it, it would take you like two and three hours to get all that to come back. Organize it in the house, put it in your crafting stations, do all this. And like, yet you felt like you accomplished. Now you get on, you get on wow, you get four raids done or something like that in like two or three hours. You get one piece of gear and you're like, why did I just do that? I don't, I don't even know. I just wasted my night. So I mean, that's why I go back to that. And it's not for every person. I get that. But wouldn't it be wonderful to have some type of MMO to come out that could do that? I mean, I guarantee you we could get shamed bought in if we were building a city or 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 building a guild and 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 everybody was contributing to that you know i i think that's what really uh, when we talk about this stuff that's where i start to go and i'm like oh gosh memories all (laughs) alone in the i mean it's just you know it's that kind of thing
1: well yeah talk about an mmo that had nothing that didn't tell you to do anything star wars Galaxy didn't have, when it first came out, they didn't have in-game content. They didn't have dungeons. They didn't have raids. They have like world bo- world bosses and stuff like that that you can go take down. But other than that, it was really just a lot about the faction war, the rebels versus the imps, you know, and, and building your city and getting your city up and running so you can get things like starports and bigger guild halls and, and stuff like that and more land for the, for the town. Uh, but then they eventually did add stuff like Death Watch Bunker and the Geon Ocean Caves and stuff like that. That you could go get and, you know, run big groups of people through because the Death Watch bunker was the only place you could craft a Death Watch armor, you know, and stuff like that. And then you needed to go down to the Ocean caves to get things like Ackley, Ackley bones and stuff for vibro knuckles and things like that. And that game really had no direction. We played that forever. And it, and you know, nowadays if we run into an MMO and you reach level cap and, and I, I don't know, maybe this would be or be not true. I've not played one like this. If there was no end game, I'm not sure what we would do. I mean, if you think about it star wars galaxies in a sense was a pvp game it was rebels versus imps and you would go to anchorhead to or or some of the other starports so you can pvp uh when you were bored because we tried to play like albion online which essentially is the same thing you craft and you contribute to you know your faction taking over an area of the map and holding on to it and building towers and castles and stuff like that and to me, Albion Online was boring, and I couldn't get into, and it was it was a slog and a half.
2: Yeah, you so know, those are the kinds of things I worry about when you pay for a game that you have to pay a monthly fee for service on, and then it turns into crap. Uh, that worries me.
3: But but you go back and and you review like PVP, for example, in Star Wars, in those things, did they have OP classes? Yes, we had OP classes. We had combat medics. And riflemen, we had tergassai swordsmen, we had all those. But you know, also a good group of people, whether they were pistoliers or whatever they were, could, could take down that stuff. But at the end of the night, like the worst thing about it is your armor's shot to crap. Your, your, your mind pool might be really down, but all you gotta do is just listen, watch a dancer or, or get uh healing from a medic or something like that. You know, there's no point scores. I mean, there was, there was some point scores within the guilds and stuff like that, but it wasn't like, you know, like, okay, well, you know, now I've got to go back and, and grind arenas just to get my arena score back up to something decent so that I, I get some decent gear that improves me within the PvP. No, everybody had the same opportunity to have the same gear. Whoever made the best gears is, is kind of who won versus, oh, you know, you can grind it out and get this. I mean, that, that's, I could get on a soapbox for this for, like, two hours straight, so I'm trying to hold myself back. I think that's the differences, though. I think that's truly what the difference is in the game.
1: Well, yeah, I don't think there's been a game out there, in my opinion, that has crafting and and anything close to Star Wars Galaxies, and here we are, you know, in, what, in three years? We'll be 20 years away from how long that game, when that game first came out, and we still don't have anything to that level, in my opinion, because, I mean, it had player housing, it had player-run cities, the entire economy was player run economy you know it had you can go out and pop down harvesters you can have vendors you know you could have you could have shopkeeps that you could program to greet people in certain ways and stuff like that you know they they just don't have in games and and so i don't know what they've done with that type of game they just don't seem to have ever come out with anything like that again and i don't know if the star wars brand is what drove it but i can still hear the menu clicks in my head running through like uh, a crafting macro where you had like ten crafters filled out your bar, and you just running the macro so you can open up. I can still hear that clink noise as they would open up, and it would automatically start filling in all the resources so you can burn through the the class real quick. I played so much Star Wars Galaxies, I can still hear the load in music in my head.
2: All right, let me ask you this: What is it uh, you enjoyed those things so much? Why don't you? Why didn't that game continue on? Like wow,
3: NGE. <laughs> Oh, don't get us started on that. You know, we have ranted on plenty of game nights about that. The game literally changed overnight. They didn't tell their player base. They are bad people. Um, I, they, yeah, I mean, seriously, it is just, it was the worst thing they could have ever done to their player base. That game probably, they could have dropped it down to one or two servers and continued to just sit there and let it make money. Put a patch out, you know, change some stuff, you know. I mean, they did what, two, two expansions or three? They had Wookiees, they had, uh, my brain is just completely dumb. And, um, they had Jump to Lightspeed, they had the Kashek stuff. And then I don't, I don't remember if the Night Sisters was a, I don't think that that was a, uh, expansion, but I mean, they had the greatest store. This is what me and Patrick always state. They had the greatest story ever told, pretty much for anybody that is our age, or or even a little younger. And they, they just, for any intents and purposes, they screwed the pooch. It's the only way I can say it. You <laughs> yeah, know?
1: I mean, when they complete, the game completely changed. I mean, they did like the little mini change, and then NGE just came out and put the, for the proverbial nail in the coffin. I mean. Yeah, there was four. It was it was three expansions. The original game, the Empire Divided, and then Jump to Lightspeed, and then the Rage of the Wookiees one that you were talking about, and Trials of Obi Wan. And I believe Trial Trials of Obi Wan was where you could get the HK forty seven droid, which was the fun, which was kind of a fun thing too. But yeah, yeah. But um, but NGE NGE actually came out right after that uh, that expansion came out, so we didn't barely get into it. Then they dropped NGE on us, and we're like, yep. This game's—I literally—I mean, I—I I know I did. I don't think Rust did, but literally, when I woke up when NGE was out and realized that I got hosed on my Jedi, I was done.
3: I quit immediately. I was so mad. I kept—I kept myself. I kept playing a little bit longer. I was like, I was like, because we still had the classes at that rate, but they changed the combat style. It's hard to describe to you guys. They—they they completely changed the con—the uh, the combat style. It was a queue-based system, and you could have like three or four queues going on at once, and you could set macros for for things that may. And they got rid of all that, and everything went on, on the same global cooldown, which was infuriating. And uh, and that was just the first one. That was just the first change. The the NGE was just the first change, and then they had the 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 total overhaul like I don't know, maybe a couple of months after that where you went from thirty three classes down to nine, but in any case, we we could go on forever for this, uh, that's for sure. Uh Nick, get us out of this man. Find us something else than this game to talk about.
0: Final Fantasy. No. Uh
1: <laughs> well
0: we could kill that
3: one too. They did kill that one. <laughs>
1: right? Final Fantasy fourteen died by a meteor it and did. became a realm reborn.
0: Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. But the go, go back on your Star Wars Galaxies. I did start playing right before. So I, I did play Star Wars Galaxy. And I got into it right before NGE came on. And I had no clue about it because I'd read it on Star Wars Galaxies and, and everything. And everyone loved it and read all the stuff about it. I was like, Well, oh, that sounds really cool. And I got into it and I downloaded it. And it was probably like maybe a couple of days before NGE came out. Yeah, I didn't know it was coming out. And I was like, oh, this is really neat. I like this. And then I logged in like a couple of days later. And I was like, What? Uh well okay, this is weird. Like what's changed here? And then yeah, after that I was like, no, I'm not into this anymore. <laughs> it was the same it was the same thing. Like, but I mean of course I wasn't into it like you guys were as far as you know, years upon years, and then finally NGE comes out. I was just a couple of days from it, but I came in there and Started playing. And I was like, I kind of like this. I kind of want to keep playing this. And then MGE came out like a couple days after I started playing the game. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't like how this has changed. This has become like, wow, pretty much at this point. You know, this is not what it was what I read about and what I started to experience as I started playing. And I hadn't played that much, you know, cause I just started, but it definitely wasn't what. I was playing, now it's turned into just class-based, uh, your your typical MMO at that point. And so, yeah, I I definitely understand what you guys are talking about. And I was definitely around at that time. I just, I kind of got into it and then got right out, you know, as soon as I started. But yes, going on to Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy XIV, I still have the disc for it, the original one. Not the Realm of Born. The original Final Fantasy XIV, I still have the disc for it and everything. I love Final Fantasy. I played a ton of Final Fantasy XI. A ton. The great thing I love about Final Fantasy, and especially MMOs around that time, is like you said, they didn't tell you what was going to happen, right? They didn't tell you how to go around. They didn't have, you know, quest givers didn't have an icon above their head or anything like that. You just had to go around and talk to town's folks and talk to people and kind of learn everything on your own. And, you know, you had to learn how to go through dungeons, you had to learn how everything worked, and everything was just complex. And that was really, you know, it wasn't like just to click a button and then you got, you can teleport somewhere. No, you had to go to a thing and activate this crystal and then talk to a, you know, you had to pay like a white mage to then, you know, cause white mages could only transfer you. Luckily my friend who we played Final Fantasy, you know, he was a white mage so he could teleport me. And we would teleport to a different area. And that was really the only way you could get there. And so, you know, he would, they would pay people, players would t- pay him a ton to teleport them. He would sit there all day and teleport people by the crystal because there was no other way to do it besides a white mage doing it. And then he'd charge him money to teleport them to wherever they wanted to teleport to, you know, so that's how he made his money. And then, of course I was a, a, a tank at the time when I first started out. So of course when we did dungeons and stuff, we would just run as white mage and tank and so you know or or have people pay us to run them through a dungeon because we were white mage and tank you know and that was the way to do it and uh so that was final fantasy 11 In final fantasy 14 he didn't quite get into final fantasy 14 right off the bat but i did so i love final fantasy and i love final fantasy 11 i got into final fantasy 14 and yeah it was it was it was something else for sure I remember the first, in the tutorial area, it probably took me a good 20 minutes to figure out how to take my sword out of the sheath. I could not figure out <laughs> yeah. how to there take so it bad. out. It was so bad. It was like, it didn't tell you what button it was. It was just like, I'm your sword and attack this monster. And you're like, how? And I'm like click, hitting all the buttons on the keyboard. I'm like, how do I take this out of here? Looking online and everything, like, (laughs) finally, 20 minutes later, I figure out how to take the dang sword out. And then you had to, like, once you took your sword out, then you had to target the creature and then go through a menu to tell it to attack the creature. Yes. And then you had to do that again and again. And it wasn't unsheathing the sword each time, but you had to tell it to attack every single time that it needed to attack a creature. It wasn't like they just auto-attacked. No, you had to tell it every time it needed to attack. And so, you know, I got through the tutorial and I did play quite a bit. I didn't play, I didn't watch the, the comet drop on A Realm Born when it happened, but, or before Real, A Realm Reborn happened, but I remember playing, I, I got, you know, I got quite a bit of levels. I was pretty up there. I think I was in the mid twenties or so. So I had played quite a bit and I enjoyed it, but it was like, <laughs> you know, it, even the areas that you went to, I remember running out you know, it's not that way now with Realm of Born, but in the original, I remember running out to, they had outposts that you would run out to. They had crystals where you could, you could align with the crystal so you could, you could basically teleport there. When you died, you would resurrect there at that area.
3: Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: And I remember running to that area and it, it, I mean, it would be far out there. It would be like way out there. You just had to run and keep running down the trail. And I remember they you they reused textures and and uh backdrops. So you'd be running and I'd be like there's a rock sitting by the trail. All right? And then I'd be running up and I go there's that rock again. <laughs> they, it was the same rock. It was like they copy-pasted the the the, you know, part of the map, just copy-pasted it until you got to that place cuz you would run by the same cactus the same tree in the same spot it looks like the same thing. It's the same textures in the same spot or the same rock or whatever it was. And it was just over and over again. It was almost like you're running on the, you know, the old cartoons where you're running, they're running on the treadmill and the backgrounds rotating in the background, you know, yeah. that's basically how it was until you got to the camp and then you get to the camp and then it'd be like, go out and kill whatever. And you go out there and I think we talked about it before, but yeah, you would go out there and you know, it had one of those old-school MMO tropes that that at that time they'd gotten away from, which was mobs that would, you know, one-per-person type thing. So you someone would kill it, and then you had to stand around and wait for it to respawn, so then you could kill it. You know, or you get that person that would come up, and, like, as soon as it respawns, you get that guy that comes out of nowhere, comes out of the shadows and just hits the mob,
1: you know, out of nowhere... That was one of the first games that I actually seen a community though that was halfway decent. Cause I remember when it first came out, then we ran in, me and Russ ran into one of those. There was literally a queued line of people waiting to get to this thing and people were queuing up. And I'm like, you mean there's nobody up there trying to gank it? There's not like a big circle around the spawn point where everybody's going to puke on it as soon as it pops out.
0: <laughs> yeah, you would see a few of those. You would see a few of those, but there would be some places where there were certain mobs where people weren't queuing and they would just strike them as soon as they popped. So it was kind of a mixture of both. But, you know, then, yeah, so that was pretty much how the layout was. I mean, it was, I remember going to, and the maps were horrible. I remember one map, you go through the marsh, and, like, they still have the marsh in Realm of which is a much better map. But, I mean, this was like a maze, like, you think of Pac-Man times 20, maze. I mean, there was so many ins and outs and dead ends and everything. I mean, you look at the map and it looks like a spider web just going through this entire thing. And it's like, how am I going to figure out how to get through this? And, I mean, you had a map, but it was just still difficult to figure out how to traverse through the marsh because there was so many just dead ends and places that would take you back to the beginning or back to just some area that you didn't want to go to or some high-level mob or You know, a bunch of marbles or something and yeah, it was, it was a mess.
1: I was glad they killed it with a meteor.
0: I I am too. It's a much better game now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad and I, and I honestly didn't get to see the meteor drop. I remember trying to set my uh Set myself a reminder to do it, but at that point I'd already been—you know—I didn't even make it to where I had to subscribe a month. I think I made it. I don't even think I made it a week in that game when it came out. I got so annoyed at all the crap, like you were talking about. It tells you to go to the town, and then when you meet this guy in the town, it tells you to attack him, and you're just like, "How the heck do I attack this guy?" And, and, and you know, me and Russ were both playing at the same time, and I think Russ finally is like, "Oh, you got to do this, this, and this," and I'm like, "Just to attack this guy, you yeah. know?" And so, and then, <laughs> yeah, so then we <laughs> then we leave the town finally. And we're going to the quest and that's when we see the first thing where there's a group of people trying to kill the same mob. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and so I just got really annoyed with it by that time. And, and you know, we ran through a little bit more, tried to get on when it was less peak time, but it just always seemed like there was so many people trying to, trying to get, just get out of the newbie starting area in that game.
0: Right. Yeah. And then, like you said, the, the, the button cut, I mean, cause unsheathing your sword wasn't just a button. It was like a combination of buttons to get your sh- sword unsheathed and, and to attack a character. I mean, it was like convoluted. Like whoever came up with that must have been like insane or drunk at the time. Right. It was, three, yeah, it was and something like
1: <laughs> get into like combat mode is what it yeah. was supposed to be. And, you and you're just like, right. Oh. You
0: get in combat mode and you're going to hit this button and you got to get that button. And then, then your sword's finally out. And then you got to hit this button to attack, to target it. And then you got to hit this button to attack it. And it was like, oh my goodness. So it was, it was just and then menus, the menus in that game, there was a menu for a menu. Right.
1: And, and yeah, and I mean, and and when they killed it, I was glad I was happy to hear they were, you know, that they were, that they were going to reopen it as, you know, the new studio because the new studio bought them out. Right. Or I can't remember the whole story behind it, but I remember that basically what it was going to happen was the game was getting their parent company or whatever was mad at the game and, and they were gonna re—they were gonna fix it—is what I had heard. And then when, so they were talking about a realm reborn. They killed it, and then they took time to just make it better. And then it came out, and I was heard that you know basically the article was—and I was mad when this happened. But I read that yeah, if you had bought the original game, you would get the a realm reborn, which was not true. The statement that they left out was that you had to have bought it and subscribed for at least one month. So I didn't subscribe. I bought the game for sixty dollars, played it. And never subscribed because I didn't want to pay $15 for something I couldn't play. So I bought a $60 game and I paid, played less than a week and had to buy the Realm Reborn when it came back out. So I didn't play for a long time because I was extremely mad. And the Mog Station is the worst, the worst website and, and characters control thing I've ever seen. To this day, the Mog Station is still a huge turd. I'm sorry, but it's a piece of garbage. I mean, a perfect example of this is I have I have two accounts on there somehow, same email address, same email address. The first letter is letter is capitalized on one of them and it's lowercased on the other, so it treats them as two separate accounts. And I have like one full game on one, I have one full game on the other with expansions like uh, the last two that came out, Heaven Sword and then the other one, and I can't get them combined or anything. They just won't do it. And every time I get in there, I forget that because I don't play for a year or two. And I'm like, it says I don't have the expansion on this account. What's going on? It's because I didn't capitalize the first letter of my email address when I went to log in. I'm like, are you kidding me? So the Mog station, the Mog station, in my opinion, drags that game down. Yeah. The
0: the Mog state. Yeah. So going back to what you originally said. Yeah. It wasn't a different company. It was a different director. So the director and the team behind uh, the first Final Fantasy XIV, they basically got taken away. And then Yoshi P, who is the director of Final Fantasy XIV, <clears throat> along with his team, came in. And that's the one that's actually directing Final Fantasy XVI, uh, came in and made The Realm Reborn. He was the one that actually went to he – was, he was brought in originally to fix Final Fantasy XIV. And him and his team. So he was brought in originally to fix it and they tried to, but Yoshi P was actually the one that went to the higher ups at Square Enix and said, listen, this game's a mess. And this is what I propose. I propose we throw, you know, destroy kill it, it with fire. <laughs> kill it, basically. We bring it down for a little bit. And, you know, on the back end, we're creating the game brand new and then we re. Bring it out, and they were kind of skeptic at first, and and then they finally signed off on of it and said, okay, sure, let's go for it, and you know, and in the end, it turned out, I mean, it's like the number one MMO out there, right? Um, yeah, it was the right or at least up there. Sure. Yeah, it was the right decision. So you know, he definitely righted the boat on that one. But yes, the in terms of the Mog Station, oh, if you think the Mog Station's bad. You should see the Final Fantasy XI play online. That, that was the, one with the Christo, wasn't it? Or the oh man, photo. that was worse. I mean the Mog <laughs> station's still horrible, but man, that was like it was like you had to log into the play online and register your account, just like the Mog station. But then you had to log into the play online launcher and log into your account and then register that and then connect it to your play online account on square enix and then then you could finally potentially probably play at that point you know this one is like you just register your mog station and then you can just launch the client you're good and you log in with the same thing but no the play online was just like you had to register both separately like there are two independent things that you had to set up and register and yes for the mog (laughs) for the mog station i also have two accounts. Yeah. I have two accounts as well. One of them has the beta. Yes. And then the other one has everything else. Yes. (laughs) Me too.
1: I mean, yes. The mock station makes it that difficult. And like I said, the only difference between mine is that one username is a capital first letter and the other is a lowercase.
3: The only thing that ends up saving me now is the fact that it's, it's attached to my PlayStation account somehow or wherever, however that happens. And so I don't own a PC version of it. I actually have it on PlayStation 4, and so I. And PlayStation actually has some pretty decent functionality with a keyboard and mouse. And so when I played, I that's how I played. I played off of the the PS4. I tried to do it on the computer, and you and, and it. And I, I think I bought two copies of it. I'm not sure of it. I don't know. I believe that the Mog Station was originally written in ancient Japanese and then they tried to port it into English and that's what's gone on with it. It was like we're talking about circa like, you know, the fifteen hundreds type of Japanese type of scripture. And then all of a sudden, bam, here you go. Here you go, Americans who barely speak English, try to figure this out. And you're like, yeah. what is going yeah. on with this thing?
1: It's just a group of Moogle's hanging around the back just punching buttons.
3: But yeah, it is yeah. a horrible
1: it is a horrible thing. And, and yeah, I have the same thing, Nick. My But the bad thing is is that the account that's my primary one, whenever I do a password reset on it, because they both have the same email address, it resets the original one, and I can hardly ever get into the other one. I have to open up a ticket, and they go, oh, well, I see two accounts on here. And you're like, yeah, can you merge them? And they're like, "Uh, no, can you reset the password on the second one then, because I can't do it through the normal means. And I go, yeah, reset the password. So I have to go through like a week-long rigmarole every time I need to, Try to get it back into that account to play again, and so it's always a nightmare. And then the last time I forgot to cancel the subscription, and I subscribed for probably five months because I couldn't get back into the Mog Station to unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: like, I mean, uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, the Mog Station's horrible, but Final the Fantasy is great. 14, the game is great. Yeah, it's like I said. I think it's probably as of now, you know, if you're looking for a good fantasy MMO, it's definitely the best one
1: out there What'd i would rate it higher in? than wow i would rate it higher than wow oh yeah,
0: yeah. i would rate it higher
2: well
3: wow. yeah
0: definitely i think it's better than wow i think you know it's it's once you get logged in exactly once you get to the mark station everything get everything set up it's definitely the best mmo out there you're gonna have the most fun and i still love it to this day i mean i still resubscribe every now and again and play through the content that they bring out because they do bring out content just about every month i mean and these I mean they're patches basically but these patches are big content drops. They'll add new dungeons, they'll add new um uh, areas and stories. Yeah. Air, yeah, story uh uh quests and side quests and everything. So it's not just a patch, it's not just a bug fix. I mean cuz I mean even if you go to their website, you'll see that their new patch, they even create like new cover art for it and a whole like trailer for it and everything about everything that's coming in the new patch. You know, you've got new dungeons and new Aeon fights and, you know, even the current dungeons that now have hard modes and extreme modes and uh new armor and new weapons and new everything. I mean, they just add stuff all the time to this game. This game constantly gets new content. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, out of every MMO out nowadays, it's hard to beat that one right yeah shane did you
1: play final fantasy 14 the old one or the realm reborn
2: uh i played a little bit of the realm reborn just because i had a free thing for it but like i said i you know nobody was playing it i you know i have a hard time getting into a game i'll end up getting addicted to because there's (laughs) so many games i still haven't played that i've got downloaded right so it's it's hard to it's hard for me to jump to an MMO. I mean, if that's something we wanted to do and jump in and play for a review, I would love to do that. But I don't There's know no if way I
1: could, could, <laughs> No way yeah, we can. No way MMO MMO in seven days, guys. Let's play this and give a review of it.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it doesn't even have to be uh you know in seven days, you know. But I would love to try it sometime with you know you guys because you're my gaming group anyways.
1: Well, we got almost huh. enough to hard mode ran, hard mode runs and wow, Shane just got to get a new computer.
2: <laughs> oh my computer God, get five. off my little computer! Just about <laughs> anything can run WoW. <laughs> well, not oh, with man, the I new play, expansion. You can play it on my well, not with the
0: shadow not with the Shadowlands expansion, clearly. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Shane's you don't play a lot of
1: them, but did you play? You know, if you think of like a lot of times the term MMO is thrown around pretty it loosely is. because. A lot of these, what I would consider games as a service games, they toss around like MMO, uh, you know, they'll say it's an MMO shooter or MMO light, like Destiny sometimes gets thrown in there. Uh, the new one that we were just talking about the other day. And then even, I even heard a new term, MMO FP, was it MMO FPS for star, they're calling Star Wars Squadron an MMO FPS. And I'm like, really? Oh, good Lord. Is that what you're calling that? And I'm like,
0: no, that's not an MMO.
2: Uh, it's I, it's I, a sixteen-player flight sim. Right, in my Space opinion, to
0: so to that one now. Is that coming out soon?
2: Yeah, uh,
3: yes, it is. It'll October second.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, we're gonna okay. we'll do a game review on that one because that one's pretty. You know, that one's cheap. I think it's like forty bucks or something. Well, like I mean,
0: if they bring in the EA Play around that time, that will be a part of it.
1: Maybe uh, no, EA just, Play is in November, sometime late November. Uh, okay. So, and I um, don't
2: think that's going to go to the EA Play. Right, I don't uh, think so. EA is not it, as generous it, as EA,
1: Microsoft is. But, it, you know, not but as,
2: EA Play is not every EA game. Yeah, it's, EA it's Play not. is is more like games at gold. Yeah. Then it is. a lot
1: like, of EA lets you play a lot of their old releases for free. Like uh, they don't put any of their new sports games in there. You still have to buy those. They let you play last year's for free. <laughs> type but stuff, technically,
2: right? but technically Madden the sports 26. game you play this year. It's the same one from the last 20 years.
1: Right. Uh, but you know, so, you know, they, they just, that, that term is thrown around pretty loosely anymore. Um, you know, a lot of what they would say is MMO or MMO I, I wouldn't even call them MMOs. So on that, on that term, I was going to say, Shane, did you ever play the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic one? Cause that one you could play pretty much solo through the whole thing and, you know, do chunks and sections at a time.
2: Yeah, I did, but I don't think I played a whole lot of it. But I had no friends, so.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, like I said, that one was very much like it's still, even with the expansions they put out today, kind of remind me of just little episodes of, like, the animated series a lot of times when you play it. Because, you know, you I remember you play, you know, an example is I played through and I played as a bounty hunter. And when you play as a bounty hunter, each little section seems like an episode. Like, in this story, we follow the bounty hunter to blah, blah, blah after his prey, and you're just like, huh. And then, you know, you don't really do anything. And sometimes it says, hey, we're going to do the, uh, you know, we need to run this ship. And you're running this uh, task force or whatever on the ship. And it's a just a dungeon that you queue up for with, and it finds four other players who are in with you. Or if you have friends, you can queue up manually for the dungeon and stuff. You know, that game there is one of the ones that you really don't have to have friends, and you get a little Star Wars love out of it. And it's a good game. It's That game suffers from... If you don't pay to play, this game sucks. I mean, in all honesty, when it came out, it wasn't a free to play game, and the way they made it free to play game has to be like one of the dumbest ways they've done it. You basically can only queue up for so many PvP runs, you can only queue up for so many dungeons, you can only have one toolbar instead of all of them, which I don't get. And when you, you know, it's stupid put stuff
0: it like hot bars behind a paywall. Yeah, you're, that's when you know you're really. And even, like, I think even the the back limit was behind a paywall, too, I believe.
1: Yeah, there was lots of stuff that was behind a paywall. Yeah. Like, you couldn't do certain things but once or twice a day because of the paywall and stuff like that. You know, when they first did the paywall, it was like, oh, you get these cartel coins. And these cartel coins could be used for all this cosmetic gear. If you want to subscribe, you get this stuff. And there was just <laughs> very few limitations what you couldn't do. And then it just seemed like the paywall got worse and worse and worse for that game to where if you're free, you can't do anything but look at the screen. Basically it feels like all you can do is run around the station with a single hot bar and you're like, but I have 16 spells and only 12 spots, (laughs) you know? So it, 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 that game killed that. If you don't subscribe to play that game, then it just hurts. But that game, in my opinion, was a huge single player game, which just had some, five player PvP mo- or five player P V E moments where you group up together. Uh but they still call it MMO, which I would let leave that in there, but I wouldn't call things like I wouldn't call things like Star Wars Squadrons or Destiny or, or any of those things like a an MMO. I would yeah.
0: call Star Wars The Old Republic an MMO light. Yes. Mainly because yeah, I mean ninety percent of that game is you're by yourself. I mean, there's no, every story mission's like, oh, you do this one alone. Oh, you do this one alone. You do this one alone. And it's like, well then I'm just playing a single player game that has some online yeah.
2: aspects. Which, which one was that we played where it was, oh, multiplayer, multiplayer, co-op with all your friends, but it felt like half of the missions were by yourself or you started by yourself. Was it Fantasy Star 2? Uh the new
1: Fantasy Star was kind uh, of a little bit like that. Fantasy Star Online, the new one, was where you need yeah. to do all the stuff solo and every time we would try to group up it was like, Oh, we gotta do all these well single player quests. Yeah, mm. they
0: had those single player like quests in Fantasy Star two, which was like the story, which was really I mean, most of them weren't quests, they were just kinda of like cutscenes and stuff. But all yeah. the online stuff was all multiplayer. Like all the stuff they all the Objectives and everything was all multiplayer. If you wanted to experience the story, it was all single player, but everything else was multiplayer in that one. Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, and, it, and like I said, I don't know. Uh, this may be a sign of the times, but MMOs appear to be a dying genre. I mean, just think about the heyday of the MMOs—the late '90s to the to the late 2000s, and maybe into like 2010 and 12, up to that time, but. You know, in the last, what, five years? I think we've had less than probably eight MMOs in the last five years since 2015, and we had a whole lot of MMOs. I mean, think about anything that's come out in the last five years it has been really great. The biggest thing that I can remember being excited for was Albion Online, and that game just sucked the big one.
0: Yeah, Albion was horrible. I mean, that was just a grind fest, really, what Albion turned into. I mean, mean, because... The thing I hated about Albion was it was a grind fest. You know, it was a sandbox, which I'm not huge into sandbox MMOs, but for that one, it was it was a huge grind fest, and I hated the fact that everything seemed like it was too progressive. Like, you know, it wasn't just go out and do what you wanted. There was a linear structure to it. You know, it it, it, well for me, it felt like that way. But you You can't play that
1: game alone. You have to be part of a guild because you're contributing resources to a guild. So you're going out chopping wood, getting metal, getting iron, rock, and all that kind of stuff, and animal hides, and contributing to the
0: guild. I don't care for that.
1: Yeah. But I mean, you know, so just think about, let's think about the last year. Let's just say 2015 to now. Can you remember anything that's come out that you were really just, that you played for a lot? The only thing that came out that I was actually halfway interested in that turned out not to be that great for me was Black Desert Online.
3: Golly, like there was like, I swear, it felt like there was a, a a year of anticipation with that, and and then we get it, and it's like, what is this? This I'm bored. Right. Yeah. I mean,
1: so here's so I I found a list here. So in 2015, there was one, two, three, four MMOs released, and those were Black Desert Online, Maple Story 2, Orders in Chaos Redemption, and Skyforge. Maple Story 2 is already closed. The other four are shown as active. Uh, in 2016, we got one game, the Aether, Aetherlight Chronicles of Resistance. I didn't play that one, never even heard of it. It's a steampunk one. It shows not, it doesn't show if it's active or not. And then 2017, we had Albion Online. That one's still active. And then 2018, we had Shrouds of the Avatar. That's it. Nothing
3: since then. Right. So. So I did try Skyforge. That was another one that I played for 30 minutes. Another very dumbed down version of every MMO we've ever played. A very basic storyline, you know, you're the savior of the land, you know, type of thing. And, you know, it, it was, it was very, I think it's on Xbox. Uh, and I think it's free to play as a matter of fact on Xbox.
1: And I mean, I'm going to put it in is. the, I, I'm going to put into so a little bit of perspective, the only two that I, there's a few that are in development and only one of those. Am I actually halfway interested in playing, you know, in development? The one game that I'm actually halfway interested in and have been keeping an eye on is Camelot Unchained because I used to play Dark Age of Camelot back in the day. You know, that's the only one I was excited about New World, the one that's by Amazon, but it's, it's Albion online with just a facelift. It kind of seems. Nick, did you, you got to did you get to play the beta for New
0: World? I did. It's by you know it's behind an ng, but um, <laughs> I don't think they'll be listening. The creators <laughs> of that game, Uh yeah, I did play the beta or the alpha or whatever it was, and yeah, it was it was just that it was Albion Online, but more 3D, you know, because Albion Online is the top-down view, isometric view. This is uh, behind your character view, and I liked the beginning of it because you started going out and fighting like. Well, you fought the undead, pirates, which is pretty typical for any MMO or any sort of RPG. But then once you got into town, it was really just the same thing. It was just chopping trees, killing, hunting, getting pelts. You know, one of the first things they teach you is to put down a a uh, a camp. Well, when you and when the camp you put down, you put down a campfire and a little like a uh, pelt rug, right? Well, when you leave the town, there's 15,000 campfires and pelt (laughs) rugs sitting out there in front of you. And you're like, uh. And you're trying to find a spot for you to stick yours because that's part of the tutorial, right? And then when you go on, you just see – because those are your respawn points. So when you go on, you just see those everywhere. And and they're just everywhere. They're just sitting on the curbside, on the hillside, or whatever, and there's just – and then all the uh, quests were, like, kill – it wasn't, like, kill 10 ghouls. It was, like, kill 50 ghouls. Mm. That was the thing. And It was, like, you sit there and just grind and, grind and grind and grind and grind and grind to finish this quest. And then the next quest would be, like, great, now kill 50 ghouls. <laughs> you know, it was, like, a longer S on there. You know, <laughs> they were the other ones. And it was, like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this again.
1: Uh, right. Yeah, I know it was an Albion, but I mean, Albion Online is the same yeah. way. It wasn't just get like two or two to three of these. It's like you kill a slaughter fest of these, run around the map. You know, so, so I'm going to, you know, just as more like ammo for that. I mean, uh, I think MMOs are a dying genre in unison. Where does everybody go to get their MMO news?
3: I go to MMO. Uh, MMORPG.
1: Exactly. Everybody says the same thing. Do you know what MMORPG does now?
0: They review non-MMOs. Yeah,
1: they basically talk about all upcoming games. It used to be they didn't talk about anything if it wasn't an MMO. You used to be able to go to their website, get a list of the highest rated current MMOs, the the highest uh, hyped upcoming MMOs, and that's all they ever talked about. I mean, they had so much content, it was coming out their ears, you know, and now they don't have enough content, so they have to talk about upcoming games, recent games, they talk about everything that's not MMO related anymore and MMOs, if you look at their website, MMOs are like, it looks like less than 1% of everything they talk about anymore because there's just not enough MMO or MMO news. And if you look at what their top five most hyped upcoming MMOs are, I'm interested in none of them. Maybe, maybe Ashes of Creation, but you know, I, I'm,
0: in, I'm interested in Ashes of Creation. I'm also interested in Blue blue Protocol. So you actually were
1: interested in that one because I
0: I looked at it. I was I was like, I mean, it's Bandai
1: Namco, so it's going to be very much a Korean MMO. I oh yeah,
0: oh for sure.
1: I I mean, I hope it doesn't
0: go total. I hope it doesn't go total Korean because yeah, I don't like Korean MMOs. They're very they're grind fests. You know now, when it comes down now, to? Now, Blue it, Protocol
1: is a Japanese game, so it's going to be like, in my opinion, a cross between JRPG and a Korean MMO Grindfest fest right. that's so really flashy and anime style. Which I looked a little bit at it, but uh, I, you know, Bandai Namco, I have a love-hate relationship with them.
0: Right, and then they got New World, of course, and then Lost Ark. Which Lost Ark is just a uh, isometric RPG. Yeah. Which I, I don't care about those. I mean, unless it's Diablo, I don't really care. And then uh Pantheon or Pantheon. Pantheon, that looks pretty good. It's it's very old school. Yeah. So that would be something we would you know if we were to play it, we'd have to definitely play as a group because it's very group oriented. But right. It right. It looks it? good.
1: it's has an it? it's an open sandbox game and I'm and that's right. Albion, that's all those, and I'm kinda of tired of that type of MMO. But has,
3: it has it been, been in like it
1: right.
3: has it been in development for almost three, four years already?
0: Oh yeah, it's been in development forever. Right. I mean, a lot of these games
3: have, like, the game that I'm most interested in, it
1: even isn't even listed on their top five, on their top five, the uh, Camelot Unchained. But Camelot Unchained just went into beta this year, so not too long ago, so. Um, now that one's been gone since
3: 2014, I think. They've been looking at trying to make that one.
1: Right. Yeah, like I said, it's the, it's, I'm interested in that one. It's not even on their list, but, you know, Ashes of Creation kind of, uh I was a little I'm kind of interested in that one. Uh I'm not like I'm not hyped about it. I'm not completely sold on it, but you know, the information is still kind of limited on what's out there. Uh you know, it it kind of is very much fantasy style ESO style type games is what it reminds me of, you know, Lord of the Rings, uh, Elder Scrolls right. Online type stuff, you know, well,
0: fantasy. Ashes of Creation, you know, they kind of went in, uh so Ashes of Creation came, it was, I think it was a Kickstarter or maybe a GoFundMe, and it was supposed to be this RPG by RPG lovers, you know, blah, 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 that whole scenario. And they were working on the RPG, the MMORPG portion of it, and then they came out with the Ashes of Creation. Um, I can't remember what they called the, the different portion of the game, but it was a battle royale. Where you basically Uh, fought, you know, in an arena. It was a Battle Royale game. And they were really, I mean, that came out. I think that's still out. And, you know, for a while they were really pushing for that, you know, for that uh, particular portion of it. And they weren't really talking about the MMO at all. And I remember at that time people were getting on the forums and messaging them like really mad. Like saying, we don't want a Battle Royale. We want the MMORPG that we backed, and that you said you were making. We didn't want this, you know, uh, battle royale. And so then they started like, kind of stop talking about the battle royale and started talking about the MMO again, and started yeah. to bring out more development uh, info yeah. about the MMO.
1: Yeah, the apocalypse, the Ash Creation apocalypse, right? Is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. So yeah, and like I said,
0: that one's going to be that
1: one's I'm um, interested in, but. They just, the details are too sparse on that one. Um, you know, for what, what information we know, but you know, it's not slated to even, you know, they talked about a few years ago, their release was 2021. Um, and we're not getting any of that. Uh, you know, we'll find out in 2021 if it's going out because it says it's in beta. Um, I think, I think MMOs currently, what plagues them is a lot of them never get out of, of alpha or beta or testing. They never come out of like early access. They say, "Hey, we need to start making some money, so let's put this game into early access." And then they just—they never come out of it. Uh, they say, "Okay, this is—we're just going to release content. It's all going to be buggy It's all get out. It's going to be, you know, not a full game ever, and we're just always going to say it's early access or alpha or alpha 1.1, 2.1, 1, 1, early access 2.3, 3.0. You know, they are going to be stuck in like." You know, I, I want to talk about the the biggest flop of an MMO out there, in my opinion, which is the Star Citizen Online, which was promised to be this great MMO, and I'm still waiting. Robert Space Industries, they need to hurry up and get off their rear end and just do something. You know, it's get off the pot. You know, it it, it should have get off the pot for these guys, in my opinion. They've got so much money from our from everybody, and Robert Space Industries to me is seeming more and more like a a greedy entity every time they turn around because now to get involved, if you want to get in early, you have to buy their founder packs and their founder packs. We're not talking like, we're not talking like a $50 founder pack. We're talking like thousands of dollars to get this stupid ship, you know, that
2: is a scam. I I have read about that over the last few years and it's, that's a scam. There is, there's no damn game. That is dude taking money in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, Star Citizens, I think, do they still hold the record for the most, uh, the most funded game on Kickstarter? They
0: I mean, still hold I, the record, and I believe I, so. when you were talking about that Founders Pack, is that, a is that for people that have already bought in? Cause I already bought into this.
1: You could, no, it's for people that haven't bought, you can still buy it if you want to get the ship. If you want to oh, get special the special ship. ship uh, yeah, so you can, you can that. Yeah, get cause their that.
0: ship prices were insane. The right. ships that they were selling, like I wanted, they had the Gradius ship, which Gradius is an old NES game, old arcade game that I absolutely love, and I wanted the ship for it just because it was the Gradius ship. But I mean, that was like I think it was like a hundred bucks or something like that. Right. Oh, so you're so, spending that
1: money. So yes. Yeah, so like for like now, you know, since I didn't buy in early on and I didn't do the Kickstarter, if I want to get in now, from my understanding, looking at the pledge store. The cheapest I can get in for is $100, $100 for the Cutlass Black Ship. Um, How can I get in to play this game if I don't want to spend $100 for a game that is not released? Let me say that again, not released. It is in Alpha 3.1. This game has been in development since, what, 2011, and here we are 2020. Robert Space Industries started with $63.25 million. That's what they've got now is what they should say. They got $63.2 million. Um, So basically, I'm trying to find their Kickstarter. Oh, here we go. Highest funding crowdfunding project overall for Kickstarter raised $300 million as of June 2020. So they're at $300 million. With an external investment of another 63.25 million. They have, their Kickstarter campaign drew in 2 million. That's the number I was looking for. They drew in, this is in 2000, 2010, 2011. Their Kickstarter campaign drew in 2 million dollars and we're still in alpha. In my opinion, this is the biggest scam in the MMO market to this day. Uh, because I, you can't, you can't get into it without, without you know, with any reason, in my opinion, reasonable amount of of thing To get in the alpha, you need to spend, you need to buy uh, an alpha pack. And, okay, so here we go. I found some alpha packs that are more cheaper. So there's $45 to get into the alpha on this, $45. And, you know, without doing more digging, there's all kinds of terms in here that I don't understand. So I can buy this Mustang Alpha starter pack, which has three months of insurance. What does that mean? Uh, you know, and you get some starting money in the game. You know, I'm like, are you telling me that if I wreck my ship and at the four, four month that I just can't play anymore? What are you telling me? You know, so it's not even a released game, but you know, if I, if you want some of these more in-depth ships, I'm, I'm trying to find, cause I remember one time looking on here going, really? If I want to fly this ship, I have to pay a thousand dollars. You know, maybe that stuff's gone, but I don't think so. Their pledges and all this stuff, they've made their money guys. Come on. How can you not have a game after nine years that is released to the public?
2: Cause it's that a you fraud. Just keep, it's yeah. just straight fraud if you ask me.
1: How do you get almost $400 million and still not be able to get into, into, you know, into a, a release state? If you're making a game as a service or an MMO, we all understand that it's always ever evolving. Put out the base game and start creating expansions that you release every year, every other year. Because my fear with these guys is if they ever do release a game and it's going to be $60, how long is it going to be before we see another expansion? It took them 11, it took them nine, 10 years to make a base game. Is it going to take them four years to make an expansion, six years to make an expansion? Um, You know, I right. they, they think they've either bitten off more than they can chew, or it is a cash grab. Um, that's the only thing I can think of is that because like I said they this is Russ's developer here Russ is this is star this was a freelancers developer here
3: Yeah I've I've decided to kind of stay quiet during this this cuz I can remember I want to say it was 2011 uh when we heard about this game and we were just about as thrilled as could be uh and with every passing year uh, it's just more and more disappointing, more and more. I mean, it's just scam is not a good enough word. I mean, it, we're saying scam, we're saying this, we're saying that. I mean, it, it's it's a farce. It, it's if they came out with a game tomorrow, what are they going to do? They're going to say, okay, the game is sixty dollars, and you have to pay fourteen ninety nine a month for a subscription. Well, how do you get back for those that have donated or those that have, have crowdfunded for hundreds of thousands of dollars? I mean, I don't, how do you look at your player base and say, Hey guys, this is why we did it all. I mean, unless it is, you know, there's some kind of secret thing of like, this game is beyond, beyond belief, which just we haven't seen it yet. Then what he has pulled has been the greatest thing. Uh, he, he's pulled off the greatest scam. The great—I mean, like—it's a con, you know, whatever you want to call it—in in the face of this planet. I mean, it's ever. The sh- the thing is, what's terrible about it is, I find myself once every six months looking at the site. I'm like, wow, those ships look awesome. They look cool. Then I have to kind of remind myself, wait, is that is that actual in-game art or is that is that you know is that concept art? Is that what what is that? Maybe I should buy no. No, I don't want to do it. It, it, I feel horrible every time. It's like, you know, drinking too much and waking up the next morning to something. Something ugly. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like I said, what do you, how are you going to, how are you going to reward, how are you going to reward those people who have paid into it? Because you only got one of two options. You either give them cosmetic gear or you give them advantages in the game. And by advantages in this, their pre-order stuff or their buy-in packages, Look like ships. So, so are you telling me that it's a pay to win game at that point? So if I was, if you're an original backer and you paid the whatever to get Kickstarter, do you get the $1,100 buy-in because you are a Kickstarter? Do you get the $275 ship, the $125? Or are you stuck with the $45 starter ship that everybody else was? And, it, and at that point, what's the benefit? So if it's a leg up on the rest of the people who start this game, how is that any bit of a, you know, we all bought, we all remember the games, the MMOs and stuff like that, that would give you a a newbie ring or a newbie set of armor that would last you like five levels or 10 levels. And then it was worthless. You know, that was just a starting item that nobody cared about, but are these ships that they're talking about and giving you in game, are they actually like better than another ship? And do they help you in combat? And is it something that you hang on to for the entire game, because I'm sorry, if I'm giving you $1,100 for a ship or $275 for the Andromeda Constellation, is that ship going to last me 10 levels? Is it something I upgrade and live with for the life of my game character? What is it? Uh You, you know, better
2: show up in your damn driveway for that much money.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. And, and it looks like, honestly, it looks like a lot of them are gone. I remember seeing ships in the thousands of dollars range, and now the only ship in the thousand is the the exploration 2950 so i don't know if they've changed some of this stuff or maybe they've changed the way they sell things but they used to they used to have like some pretty expensive uh, packages and i don't know if they're just gone or or if they changed the way like i said i haven't been on their site in a long time because i was super super annoyed with the way that they uh you know, the way that they did their their thing. It looks like you could still buy ships. It's harder to see the price on them because I just went to their website and you can look at ships, and they break them down by ships that are less than $100, $100 to $200, two to $400, or ships that are over $400. So if you're giving the option for people to buy ships that are with real-life currency, you're giving people a play to win. As, as That's how it sounds like to me. I mean, what do you guys think on that? Does it sound like it's pay to win?
2: I don't think it can be anything but pay to win. I don't know. I mean you guys know more about RPG uh, MMOs than I do. But I do know uh, I'm trying to make sure I uh, <laughs> watch my words here. I do know bull crap though when I hear it. I I don't think this game will ever come to fruition. I think I I I'm surprised. I bet if you look there's already lawsuits about people wanting their money back uh, on this game because I don't see anything coming out of it. I mean, period, except for uh give me more money, give me more money.
1: Right, yeah. I don't I don't know, man. I mean, so I, I it seems like a really cool concept. I will not lie. The game sounds like an awesome concept. And and it's ever evolving what it is. But at this point, I just don't see what they have to offer. For the people who have been playing uh, you know, I don't have any friends who've actually been playing since this was, since they got in the starter pack when they started with the squadron 42 stuff. I think Nick, did you play a little bit when it first came out, but then didn't play after the worlds became persistent?
0: Yeah. When I got into it, it was a lot cheaper to get in. You know, that's when they first started to have just the kind of the founders packs, which were quite, you know, they were pretty cheap to get into it. You know, it's definitely gotten more expensive now. I played. You know, When I first started playing, they didn't have the progression system in. So I remember, and I didn't know that at the time. So I started playing, and I, you know, I finally got off the dock, and I flew to a different uh, planet and landed on it and did the quest that I was supposed to do and everything, and I got on the next day, and it was like, you need to do this quest. I'm like, I, I just did that yesterday, and then I found out that I didn't have the progression I think now they have the progression system, but yeah. So, yeah, I got in when it was super cheap and when they only had a few founders packs that you could choose from. There was like two or three. They still had the ships for sale that were still expensive. You know, like I said about the Gladius, Gradius ship, which I love Gradius, so that was like <laughs> I wanted to have that ship. But, you know, when you were talking about the ships, yeah. There are licenses for the ships, and, and you can only have them for a certain amount of time for certain ships. And uh, it almost seems like way where you have to buy another license for the ship or or something along those lines. Uh, and then certain ships are for certain things. So, you know, depending on what kind of ship you wanted to buy, depending on what type of person you wanted to be, was you had know, to pay for a different ship where you got the starter ship. I don't know if there was a way to get different ships in game. I I didn't find a way. When well, when I started, they didn't have the progression system in it. And you started out with the basic ship that everyone else started out with. And it was really cool to get out of the space station and get on a ship and fly. And then, you know, I had a quest. This was before the progression system came in, which I didn't know existed. And you would fly in. And I remember flying down to a planet. And that was really cool because you go in through the atmosphere and you fly in and you land your ship and you get out and you do the mission. And then I got on the next day and I was like, all right, I got that done. And it was like, you need to go to the planet and do this. And I'm like, I should have swore I just did that. But the sooner I learned out that they didn't have the progression system set up. Now they do have the progression system set up, so you can go out and do those things and it will save that information. But it does seem slow rolling for this game. And this game has been out for a long time. I mean, I haven't played it since then. You know, I kind of, I stopped playing it because I wanted them to progress the game even more. I liked what was there. You know, I liked what was there as far as what they had going at that current time. I was like, "Eh, this is cool. I like this. But they didn't really have a lot. They didn't have really much of the, uh, combat going on you know they had a few guns that you could choose from but there really wasn't much more than that so apparently you know they didn't have a lot of planets that you go to they only had like a few at the time now they apparently have a lot more planets so it definitely seems like they are adding more stuff to the game but the fact that the game is still an alpha after all these years is like yeah, I mean, I agree. They're slow rolling it. You know, they're slow rolling it, just taking all that money in and living high on the hog off of It is the hard to,
2: yeah, it is hard for them to develop the game though when they're sitting on their boats.
0: Yeah, when they're on their <laughs> right. yachts, you know, you can't, it, poor internet access.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah the waves, right. the waves.
1: And yeah, so I think games like this kind of help, you know, kind of help drive our loss of trust in, in companies like this. I mean, This is, you know, when I when I talk about space and sci-fi MMOs, this is what I'm talking about. But, you know, you get involved with people like this or game companies like this, and they don't produce anything in nine years. But you give them your money and they don't produce they produce these shorts and these things that you can get into. Because like this game has playable stuff, and I've not played yet because I've been burned way too many times on alpha games or pre-release games to want to give them my money. And especially, you know, it looks like you can get in for $45. I don't know if that's new, but I remember looking back a while back, and you couldn't get in for that price, or at least I couldn't find it back in the time, the day. Um, But it looks like you can get in for $45 right now. But what am I getting for $45? I'm trying to read through this website. I'm having a hard time finding what is actually available to play. If I give them $45, what can I play? is all am i all i am all i getting is the um the squadron 42 or 48 or whatever the material the content is am i getting the pvp stuff what what am i getting uh now you know so it's hard to tell by looking at the website what's available to play versus what's not um but games like this make you lose your trust in them uh you know as that type of stuff so Um, You know, I hope it's not a scam. I hope these guys produce something, but next year they'll be in business producing a game for 10 years, for 10 years, with almost $400 million in investment money. Come on, spit something out already so that we can play. Uh, They have enough people who want to play, including myself, that if it came out and it was about for $60... I would give them my $60 to play and give it a chance. But uh the longer this takes on, the more weary I get of them. And, you know, uh, and honestly, if it came out, I would probably really look at the forums and see what people are saying to see if it's worth them getting my money plus a $15 a month subscription or whatever else they come out with. But MMOs are becoming a rare dying breed, in my opinion. There's the big dogs that are out there, Final Fantasy, you know, uh, Guild Wars 2, WoW, Eve, you know, the big guys are still out there. Uh And, you know, and then you get companies like, we were talking about getting whatever EQ next, and they basically just folded that up without a, as so much as an explanation. You know, they released that stupid um building type game. I, I think that's what they called EQ next, right? It was the building thing, and then we were supposed to get a new EQ game that never came out.
3: You guys remember that one?
2: Hmm. Not really, but I don't keep up on the Yeah, next came
3: much. out for like a, it felt like a day and it was gone. It was like it was hyped, hyped, hyped. They put it on PS4 even, and then it was gone. Yeah,
0: I right. played the EQ next building game. Yeah, it was
3: the building thing. They yeah, were supposed to be. It was putting like out-
0: Minecraft, and I, I remember playing it, and it was, it was, it was neat. It looked nice, but it definitely needed a lot of, it needed a lot of everything really. You know, it was very bare and basic and. Uh, it wasn't really, it wasn't really that fun, you know.
1: Well, and, and Pantheon is supposed to be like the spiritual successor to their game, but they, they were talking about an actual another EverQuest game, and that's what EQ Next was kind of like, hey, we're gonna let you guys play with the builder that we use for this. And from what I understood, they were supposed to use some of the player-made, uh, stuff in their game. Like they were, t- they had a contest where players could build a zone, and they would, the best one they would use in the game somehow, and stuff like that. And then, you know, EQ next was a huge joke and everybody was like, This is garbage, guys. Come on, give us the game and then next thing you know, they're folding up, you know. The games we're we're canceling this. And I'm like, Okay. We don't get a whole lot of anything anymore for MMOs and everything is coming out as games as a service, uh, which I don't have too much of a problem with as games of a service, but you know, games as a service is a money grab. You know, it's a cash grab for the most part, if you don't have patience. Think of think of um Think of Star Wars Battlefront, Battlefront 2, you know, and those oh, type yeah. of games as a service. And then, you know, Destiny 2 is is not, they're not immune to this. They got all this cosmetic gear that if you want it, you either got to spend an enormous amount of time in the game or you need to buy, pay some real-life currency for a chance to get these items, more in-game gambling, but games as a service. You know, um, I honestly miss the days of, a subscription-based game because I knew what I was getting. I didn't have to worry that, you know, me, Nick, and Russ are playing. I don't have to worry that if I want to look like Nick's character, I need to go spend $50 in real-life currency so I can get all these <laughs> loot boxes or boxes to get it, you know. I would be like, okay, we're all going and running these dungeons and in instances to try to get this gear together. You know, I like the way that guy, you know, it's the whole thing in WoW. When I played WoW, we'd be sitting around in 40-man raids, and I'd be like, Man, that guy's armor set looks cool. Let me go inspect him and see what it is. I wouldn't have to worry that he's wearing something that he paid real life money for to get, you know, and, and I miss that. I hate having to say, you know, I want to, if I want to get this stuff, I have to pay $20 for this instant gratification and, and MMOs are going that way because Wow's not immune to it neither. They have these cosmetic pets and mounts that the only way you can get is to pay real life currency for it. And, you know, and, and I'm so tired of that because that's double dipping there. WoW well, charges you $15 a month and then says, hey, you want this cool little Celestial Tiger amount? You need to pay an extra $20 to us and we'll give it to you. We'll donate $2 to this charity, but, you know, it will, it's for charity. Right. And
0: Final Fantasy 14 does the same thing. Mog Station, they have outfits and, uh, you know, pets and stuff like that that you can buy just through the Mog Station. Of course, they're all cosmetic, just like WoW is. But yeah, if you want those things, you have to pay real money for them, and some of them are expensive. You know, with uh, going back to Star Citizen real quick, just real quick before we go back, um, in, in the Mustang Alpha Starter Pack, which is for the forty-five dollar pack, you do get the Mustang Alpha, which is the starting ship, basically. Uh, it's a very generic ship. You get three months insurance, which I don't know what the, well, I don't know what that means, but it does give you the game. So you do get to play the game now. That doesn't give you the uh, squadron forty five because that's a single player experience. That's a single player game <laughs> that decided to make off of this MMO to basically uh. make more money, right? Um, and that's one thing I hate about you know. And Ashes of Creation did the same thing, you know, with the battle royale. And Star Citizen did the th- same thing, you know, for a while there. They were just talking about squadron forty five, which was a single player experience. And people were like oh, that's that, that's great and all, but we paid for an MMO, not for a single-player game, you know. And the same thing with Ashes of Creation, you know. It's like we played, we paid for an MMO, not a battle royale. See, I, there's something
1: else. I thought Squadron Forty Two was part of.
3: No, action. it's a single player. Oh my god!
1: Experience. And it's not even released, too, right? Yeah, it's currently under development. Squadron yeah. Forty Two currently under development. So forty-five dollars for Squadron Forty Two. And $45 to get into the actual game. So $90 for an unfinished, unproven product.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. It is. It's like meeting a person online and never, ever, ever seeing their face, hearing their voice, but giving them some money.
1: We're getting catfished here, guys. (laughs) Next thing you know, there's going to be another $45 entry point. Hey, we while we're working on these other two things we put out this battle Royale game style uh dog fighting game. It's still in, it's still in development. So we're going to call this one early access point one Oh, but you know, you can pay $45 to get in now and, and start playing and beta test this for us. So pay us to beta test our games, guys. You know, these guys, the more and more I hear the more and more I just, I'm losing faith in them as a company. Robert space industries is a company cash grab, cash grab, uh, Hurry up and put something out so you prove me wrong. But for right now, you, you seem like a cash grab company. You're not putting out anything of worth.
0: Hey, Prince Ali needs your bank account information, and right. inhe- you'll get that inherited money in no time. Right? Yeah. So, so yeah. I
1: think. I mean, what do you guys think? I think MMOs are a dying, com- a dying game because everything is trying to go out games as service because they've proven they can get more money as games as a service rather than an MMO with fifteen dollar a month subscription. Uh, because they get, an MMO gets $15, a guaranteed fourteen ninety nine, dollars which $15, or 9 to $15 a month. They're all different prices, but 9 to $15 a month to play. But these, uh, these games that are games of service, they have all these microtransactions and, and they've proven that they can get players to spend, you know, $20, $30, $50 a month on this stuff. Um, I think it's the instant gratification will be short lived. I bet. If you take a company like Wow or Eve or if Robert Space Industries can get off their butt and get something out and start charging $15 a month, in the long run, they probably get more of your money because the people who are going to pay for the microtransactions are in and out in a month or two and they're done. They're never coming back, so you're going to get that $20 or $50, but if you would get a player for a year at $15 a month, that's a lot more money in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think MMOs are a dying breed. I have to agree with you. I, I wish they weren't. I love MMOs. I love to play them. And, you know, really, you know, I play Final Fantasy here and there, but I am looking for that next MMO. I want that next MMO just to wow me because as much as I love Final Fantasy XIV, even with their expansions and their monthly content and and stuff like that, which are really great, they are. But I also, you know, I would probably, even if there was another MMO that really wowed me and really got me into it, I would probably still play Final Fantasy XIV as of now because they do put out great content. But I do want something in a different genre. You know, kind of what we were talking about at the beginning, the space, the sci-fi. I I really want a sci-fi MMO. You know, that's one of the things that I really, really, really want. I think the last one that, I mean, besides the one we've been talking about, the Star Citizen the last sci-fi MMO was probably, what, Anarchy Online? And that's, what, 20 years old? It's still online. It's still there. But it's like a 20-year-old game. I tried playing it, but it's way too old. I mean, me.
1: and Wildstar was a fantasy science fiction one. but Right, it, and I like
0: Wildstar, too. I, I like Wildstar. But, yeah, Wildstar was, you know, Wildstar had a few problems. You know, one, it was... It was kind of generic and basic and and, and uh, kind of bland in their in their quest structure, but I liked the uh, uh, environments and I liked the characters and I liked how it was structured. It was just uh, as far as uh, uh, story and, and character and environment and stuff goes, but as far as quests and things go, it was very generic and very basic. It was, and and that's just what killed me with WildStar. You know, I played quite a bit of WildStar, but again, it was just. Uh, this is like, ah, oh, this is, I feel like I'm going down the same road I've gone with most MMOs. Yeah, um,
1: sci-fi, I mean, if you really yeah. want to count it in the last, in the last genre of that, I mean, the sci-fi industry is, is uh Star Wars, you know, I mean, that's probably, you know, the Star Wars The Old Republic is probably one of the, the dominating factors of that genre, you know, so I mean, there's not a whole lot that comes out in the sci-fi portion. I I don't know sci-fi seems to be a hard hit or miss i mean we had um what was that one that came out with the television show sci-fi uh what was the name of that one? oh
0: that uh that was uh i, I like that one. oh but, uh,
2: god i know the one you're talking had about Had all the
1: arc falls and stuff in there it reminded me a lot of a sci-fi version of uh the one russ talked about earlier with all the portals that open up and you have to close them
3: which Rift one? Russ? was the original yeah. game
1: yeah Rift, and then, you know, Rift, basically, and then so the like the, the sci-fi Defiance, that was the name of it. It was the TV show yeah. Defiance. Was
3: oh, the Defiance, yeah. That and they had was... the arc
1: fall. You know, Defiance had arc falls, and you would go to the arc falls and try to kill all the little things around it so you can get the gear that dropped from the arcs that are falling from the sky. It was a game that is still going on, but it was okay, in my opinion. It reminded me of it, – it looked like – Star Trek Online's ground-based combat, it was all clunky and weird and funky, uh, you know. So, uh, you know, sci-fi MMOs are not that popular, uh, at least they're not that that prevalent. So I don't know if they would be popular, just not that prevalent. Uh, the most popular sci-fi MMO that I can think of is EVE Online and Star Wars The Old Republic.
0: Right, and then you got stuff like Planetside, which is kind of sci-fi, but it's more uh, FPS, or MMO. I mean, do they consider that an
1: MMO? I mean, I didn't really think that – I didn't really consider that one. I guess it was. I don't know. In spirit of it, I don't know if I'd call that an MMO. They say it is. Definitely
3: MMOs, are, in my opinion, dying. Russ, what do you think? I've been listening to you guys talk here for a while, and I'm just – I'm, like, processing everything. And part of me does believe that it's a dying breed, but then, like, there's a part of me that sits here and hopes and prays for this – this one that comes out of nowhere that magically kind of resets the clock on on an MMO. I mean, I think, too, if we look in the aspect of as we are as gamers, do, does it really matter if the MMO genre is really dead? I don't know that it matters. We're all grown. We all have children now. We all are – we enjoy – a variety of games that we can play together. We almost are starving more for games that have um, co-op campaigns and things we can do together versus a, a classic MMO because the classic MMO is starting to prove to us more and more and more how bored we are with that classic MMO uh, genre. So, I mean, maybe it's a dying breed, but you know maybe if the if the gaming community <coughs> uh the developers out there of the world made more games that had more campaigns that worked together that we worked together through campaigns maybe that would kind of feed that need for that MMO but as it is right now i mean i think the statistics the the, the way they're releasing right now i think that all proves to us that it is dying it is it is going away um, wow is an expansion or two away from being gone itself or, or being remade. Um, they're doing a level squash on top of everything. I mean, it's just, I believe in the end that they are probably dying, but I still have that hope and that, and that, and that dream that there's going to be one that's going to suck us in for a couple of more years before the end is here.
1: Yep. Shane, what about you? I mean, you don't play a lot of them, so.
2: You know, no, but I think what will happen, it's going to, you know, just because of the games industry, I think it is in a transition phase right now where it's fading back. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with companies that are making games like Star Citizen. You know, they promise you this, but they don't provide. Uh But I think what will happen is they will... They won't die, but they are definitely gonna take a seat back for a little while. Then somebody's gonna come up with a new MMORPG formula game thing. That's just gonna be holy crap, this is great. And I say all, that'll happen in the next five to ten years because you really don't hear about them anymore. Uh and I would like I would I would like to see them continue, but I want to see them evolve too.
1: Well, I I think we've kind of rambled on a lot about the MMOs. Uh, (laughs) Does anybody want to have, does anybody want to throw in any honorable mentions of something that they, they miss or something they look forward to in an MMO game before we kind of cut this one out?
0: I'll throw in an honorable mention. One that I, one that I really wish would have taken off and it's still around. It's still active, but I think I I would have wish it would have been a little bit more Mm. there's some aspects of it that just don't work out so well it's still a good MMO but it's one that still needs some work and I think it could have a it's got an awesome story and that's Secret World the Secret World is a fantastic MMO story wise combat wise even after the uh, Secret World Legends it still hasn't gotten that combat down the combat is still kind of wonky and and, it's still not quite what I think they should have. But the secret world story and the environments and the atmosphere are perfect. So if they could take that game and just kind of rework again, which they've already done once, rework again the combat and really make it shine, I think the secret world would be an awesome MMO to play. So Yeah.
2: That's yeah what I, I remember we played the beta or something on that. Yeah. yeah.
1: I played I think you and I, Nick, have played a little bit of that together too. You you told me about that one I never heard about it until you mentioned it. And I liked the story was great. The combat was a little rough for me. I didn't much care for it. Um but the story was pretty cool. The concept was really cool for an MMO. So yeah, definitely one that that needs a little bit of T L C to be a, a top a top game, you know. There they almost always when MMORPG was, was Actively focused on that. They were always, their expansions anyway were always listed in the top five hyped and stuff like that. Um, they just never lived up to the hype because of their combat. Shane, you know, you didn't play a lot, but do you have like an honorable mention one that you wanted to bring up or something that you missed out on or that you liked would wish they would do something new with it?
2: Uh, I want, uh, Star Citizen to give everybody their damn money back <laughs>
1: <laughs> or come out with something, right?
2: <laughs> give me content or give me my cash. Yeah. Even though I didn't uh, get many. <laughs> uh,
1: I didn't either. Uh, Russ, what about you?
3: MMO wise, I mean, I think listening to the podcast here as everybody's talking, I think, uh, I think I may try to fire up Final Fantasy 14 uh, in the, in the next coming days just for, just for, just, <laughs> uh, hey, we're, this is not that kind of podcast. <laughs> um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I might try that. You know, I think mine is more the fact of like I'm hoping that for somewhere in the deep dark recesses of somebody's development, um, there is some Star Wars MMO that's going to come out in the next couple of years that's going to be surprising and shocking. That that's what I keep praying for, and so we'll see what happens. But uh, I may I may just fire up Final Fantasy fourteen. We'll see what happens there. They'll
0: yeah. have the yeah. Star Wars MMO. That's a Disney Star Wars MMO with George Lucas cuts.
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would love for a new Star. Wars. You know, I want the, uh, I want the, I, I like Star Wars: The Old Republic. I want it to die, and I want something new to come out to take its place. That's really an MMO that's just amazing. With today's technology, there's no reason why we can't just have an amazing MMO based off of the Star Wars, the Star Wars world, uh, the universe. And just, just kill Star Wars The Old Republic. It's, it's outlived its usefulness. It's a single player game that masquerades around as a, as a, as an MMO. And it's a cash grab at this point with the way they've locked everything behind a paywall. Uh, yeah. for me, I, I love this, 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 uh, space based MMOs. Uh, I really wish that they would do something like kill off Knights of the Old Republic or kill off Star Trek Online. Star Trek Online was a very interesting concept to me. I remember playing it before they added the ground stuff, and I was like, and this is kind of combat fun. combat
0: sucks, though.
1: When it was first in the beginning, it was really fun. I remember you could pick, like, three different types of, of captains, and they would basically have three different types of ship, like the explorer, the combat, the engineer, and each one of them did different things. Like, the explorer had ways to weaken the enemy and strengthen your team and and the uh uh you know the uh combat tactical captain would do more damage and the engineering captain had ways to brace themselves to be like the sh- the tank it was kind of like the holy trinity in spaceships when you played because uh, there was there's was fun stuff i remember running in a big giant rage to take down the crystalline entity and that stuff was fun uh, it was just there was not very much of it 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 was kind of lost a lot of it was lost in translation so i really want that next big sci-fi space MMO you know, Star Trek Star Trek online was fun until they did the ground-based combat. And then the ground-based combat came out and everybody ran like they were orangutans or gorillas with their knuckles dragging on the ground and stuff. It was just really weird. And they never really recouped from that. In my opinion, they seem to be a pretty popular freemium game, but they just never, they never, they never got what they needed. So I want a really good sci-fi MMO that's in space. You know, I, I really want something like that. And you know, The space combat's not necessarily all that, all it needs to be. It doesn't need to be cracked up to just be space combat. There's exploration. There's, you know, all kinds of stuff that you can do with that type of genre. So, you know, that's what I want to see. I think MMOs, we could probably go on for hours and hours and hours, but we probably need to put this topic to bed at some point. (laughs) So, uh,
0: with Star Trek Online, the space combat for me was horrendous. I think the ground, (laughs) the ground, stuff not even the ground combat but just the when you were on the planets was way better in my it, perspective and i
1: felt all the ground combat was super the ground stuff was all wonky the space stuff was so
0: boring
1: it it just depends like i remember running combat in as was the, boring i remember playing as the engineering captain and i would just basically be in front of my group and i would just basically plow through a group of enemies so i would maybe, just basically maybe i was
0: playing it wrong i, mean, I
1: would just basically like Power my shields plow through there and then do like a a tachyon dispersion, which interrupts everybody's shield and basically makes them focus on me. And I would just fly circles around the group and directing my shields to where I was keeping them at, you know, so I would keep them on my left side and I would just strengthen the left side shield while my team just picked them apart. And you know, and the, and then the, uh, the tactical team was basically going in there and shooting them and blowing them up. And then the, uh, the other guys with the, the, um, the science officers were buffing me and debuffing the enemies and stuff like that. So, you know, good. I want something like that.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So. I wish the genre would redo itself. You know, I think the genre has got a lot of life in it and I think it could become something cool. And I hope it becomes something someday.
1: Cool. So I think that's probably the end for this topic, Shane. Nick Rush, you guys got anything you want to add?
2: I just want everybody to know I am taking uh donations. Uh once I hit the 400 million mark, I am going to produce that game that Patrick wants.
1: <laughs> Good luck. I don't think anybody's going to get that after what RSI did to everybody. Um no. so yeah. So so basically uh we want to thank everybody for joining us on this episode where we talk about MMOs. Um You know, like I said, we can probably talk about this topic forever, but, uh, we hope you all have a good rest of the night and we will catch up with you on the next episode.